The Incredible Hulk will not be presented this evening. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. It's the invasion of the podcast. Holiday special. Starring Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker. Harrison Ford as Han Solo. Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia. With Anthony Daniels as C-3PO. Peter Mayhew as Chewbacca. R2-D2 as R2-D2. And James Earl Jones as the voice of Darth Vader. Introducing Chewbacca's family. His wife, Mala. His father, Itchy. His son, Lumpy. With special guest stars, Beatrice Arthur, Art Carney, Diane Carroll, The Jefferson Starship, Harvey Corman, and an animated Star Wars story on the Star Wars Holiday Special. And Harvey Corman, and another Harvey Corman. And seven more Harvey Cormans. Anyway, welcome to Invasion of the Podcast. Uh, it's a two-minute intro that you had to hear every single person that was going to be mentioned on the Star Wars Holiday Special. I am Paul, and on my left is Steve. Hello, everyone. And we uh, we have special guest Harvey Corman. No, we have uh, Jeff. I was going to do an impression, but I, I <laughs> it just died right as oh. it never came out. I was like, uh, what, was, uh, what, what was the impression going to be? Was I it don't, be one, one, of, one of the three Wookiees? Sorry, four Wookiees in the. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So, Jeff, thanks for coming back on the show. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah. And we, we got plenty of things. He, he is a man about town and is a man of many, many uh, passions and Talents. projects. I was just, I just kept going more into like the gigolo route. I don't know uh. why I didn't mean for that. Like a man of many. He's uh, a lady of dark, the night. Dark secrets. No, he's a guy who knows a guy. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll get into all the wonderful stuff that he's doing. But yeah, I just it was it's Star Wars again. It seems like this happens every six yes. months. And I know that you keep saying, "Hey, I should come on a show that's not Star Wars related." And I'm like, "Hey, you should come on the Star Wars show." So again, thank you for putting up with us talking about Star Wars. No, it's all good. I'm just glad, that, even though two weeks ago you guys had the Last Jedi talk without me, but that's cool. <laughs> to be I thought fair, we were, that I thought we'd put that to bed. <laughs> it wasn't Last Jedi specific. It just happened to come. It up. It just became yeah. Last Jedi specific. I mean, you could throw a dart at any episode. <laughs> it would be, yeah. Um, so, so yeah, uh, we're gonna have a discussion about the um, the ill-fated Star Wars holiday special. 
Um, and we'll have some we'll have some positive thoughts about it. Uh, these two will have positive thoughts about it. I'm sure. I'm sure I'll have some mixed thoughts about it. Uh, but yeah, we'll just let's just get right into the news. Unless you had something uh, on the, the weekend that happened that was of importance. No, nothing yeah. happened of importance over the weekend. I think I gave myself food poisoning and I stayed in my in the house all weekend. I think that's what I did by accident. I think I undercooked some I bacon think or something. Gives themselves food uh, poisoning on purpose. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, there's there's Denny's out there. I gotta get out of work today. <laughs> you know. Hold is this me? Yeah, I'm thinking Arby's. No, uh, <laughs> no, I, I don't know what it is. I think I just I did something and it just it just waylaid me for the whole weekend. So I was just like, all I want to do is sit here and play video games and then not die. So that was my goal, and I got through it. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Or did you? <laughs> or did I? And then I watched the Star Wars holiday special. I but, put up Christmas lights and went shopping. So that's about it. No, yeah. I mean anything for any of us in the room here? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I do have a. Oh, no shopping, but I, I do have a Yoda outside my house, an inflatable Yoda that says "Merry Christmas." Oh, okay. I I, I respect that. Um, I my wife does all the holiday decorating. I she bought a tree. It's in the kitchen. It supposedly the cats aren't supposed to be attacking it. We'll see. Uh, but she loves the holiday stuff. And I'm just like, I would be happy with like maybe the Festivus poll being up. And that's it. Yeah. Um, did you guys see that? Was it the Illinois courthouse? The state courthouse has the um, the Satanic Temple uh, display up? No. Because it's, no. it's a public place. <laughs> and they've ruled that because it's a public space owned by the taxpayers, that religious displays are allowed because it is freedom of speech and freedom of expression. So there's a nativity scene. There's also something involving Hanukkah. But it's this, uh, the temple, like, Oh, I forget what it's. It's the it's the Satan church group that goes around challenging uh, perspective about uh, religious liberty, right? So they'll be like, "Oh, you have the Ten Commandments. Well, we want to bring a Bahamut statue up, you know." Like, and yeah. so they have this thing. It's just it's a fist with the snake and like an apple wrapping around it, basically saying, you know, knowledge is the greatest gift, and it's like sitting beside everything. So it's actually like a fairly tasteful like display, but it is from like the Church of Satan just sitting in this courthouse. Nice. I, that's not the news. But I, I just wanted to mention it was, that <laughs> it was a display that looked like an Ozzy Osbourne uh, <laughs> yeah. album cover or something. Yeah, with like with headless bats yeah. resting all around it. Yeah. So no, that isn't the news. Let's just we'll get to let's get to the actual news. Good news, everyone. So the, the good news is I didn't die in Hail Satan. That's the good news. Uh, no. Uh, so uh, supposedly, uh, this not supposedly this actually happened. Uh, Steve pointed out an article to me that the Russos recently they went on this big like they had a huge interview thing that went on for a while, uh, talking about like they didn't get into Avengers uh, the, the Avengers four specifics, but no, they talked yeah. about like filmmaking and everything. And they said that they believe the two hour film format is dying. Mm-hmm. And you you brought this to my attention because uh, they said uh, what was it um. Uh, we're in a major moment of disruption. The two-hour film has a, has had a great run for about 100 years, but it's become a very predictive format. It's difficult, I think, to work in it. It's sort of like saying, we all like sonnets, so let's just tell sonnets for 100 years, as many ways as we possibly can. I'm not sure that this next generation that's coming up is going to see a two-hour narrative as the predominant form of storytelling for them. And I hadn't thought about it. And that kind of makes sense. So... Um, they, they're these guys who have been making these movies that are getting longer and longer because they keep trying to tell these more interweaving narratives. Uh, so I could see how they would be challenged by the two hour format. And as this was things growing up, I didn't think a movie couldn't be two hours. Like it was just kind of like, you know, you get like, uh, the two taper of Scarface or whatever it is, the VHS be like, Oh, this is a three hour movie. This is a special event. But most movies were around two hours. It never occurred to me that there's a reason for that. 
You know, or at least there was a reason for that. Yeah. So I mean, did it ever? Did you ever think about like the nature of how long a movie can be, or like the just the experience of watching a movie in a two hour format? Well, I think that for the most part, for a very long time, anytime somebody heard like you'd be like, "Well, how long is it?" And if somebody mentioned a time that was you know running time over two hours, you'd usually get the response of, "Oh, like it would just turn people off. They didn't want to see mm-hmm. a long movie." And I think part of it is just about the story that you tell because there are movies that are two and a half hours long that you know if you are invested in it enough you don't feel the movie you don't feel that time like i i don't feel that with the marvel films i don't ever feel like they're too long anything like that what about Batman versus superman i uh, still haven't <laughs> made it through it yet so um but it's interesting because i feel like as a culture we're just going for long form storytelling in comics you can't get really a single issue anymore that's a complete story all told in 20 pages. Yeah, and, and for the most part, and this, this might be me, I don't really feel like, unless it's a really like well-written like single issue, like you get all those like those one-shots at Free Comic Book Day. Mm-hmm. And that's great. It's a good way to kind of get your feet wet with different characters, different situations. But I almost don't even view them as like valid stories. Like I'm like, oh, okay, cool. They saved the day. Eat Hostess. You know, like that's what it felt like. <laughs> well, a lot of times, too, they're kicking off larger storylines. It's like, yeah. here's you know Blackest Night number zero that's going to be an eight-part miniseries that's going to run through 52 titles that's gonna da 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 um and like even with the binging that we do now uh whether it's netflix or hulu or however you're getting your entertainment like this weekend like i said i did nothing that's not entirely true because we watched all of the first season of get shorty um and i don't even i don't know that i've seen that movie in the last 20 years i saw it when it first came out in the theater but like uh, there's the a time, series based on at it. At the time where you're like, oh, it's two hours. I don't know if I can do it. Yeah. <laughs> but like we sat down and I think over the course of the weekend, we we got through, you know, a 10 hour show. Yeah. You know, I think we're just becoming accustomed to it. I think there's like a back and forth. It's just so weird that we're talking about this specifically because in the last couple of months, uh, we've introduced my daughter to some of the classics of our world, like Bill and Ted. Uh, we watched Flight of the Navigator, the mm-hmm. old Disney movie. Those movies both clock in at like a 127 hard out. Like, it's not even hmm. it past an hour and a half with credits. And like, Bill and Ted is so full of story and ideas, but it like hits you and it's like a, write, a written movie. It's sort of like when you watch Back to the Future now, you're like, oh my God, the writing in this is there's no chuffa. Everything moves yeah, to the next yeah. thing. And it's almost like that thing where it's like, I know this is going to lead into something we're going to talk about later, but like, like you watch, you know, Game of Thrones, where like you're like, oh, I know everything about every single person that walks past. Like their yeah. whole backstory is filled out. We just also watched all of the Lord of the Rings movies because she wanted to watch those. So we all, as a family, watched all of those, including the extended edition of Return oh. of the King. But it's so good now because I'm so you're so used to binging now, you don't even notice the time in That's the same fair. way. Yeah. Yeah. And so in another way, you watch it and you're like, oh, this is like a really great version of a Game of Thrones episode without nudity. You know what I mean? And, um, well, could, the, could it be really great? I'm just kidding. I, <laughs> I need some Hobbit ass. Or it's just not worth my time. But then, like all these shows that are coming on Netflix, like I just bailed on half of the last couple Marvel ones because I was like, "There's not enough going on that makes you push." And I know I've literally said this on the show before, but you compare that to a show like Better Call Saul, which is a prequel to a show that shouldn't necessarily ever be able to have a prequel, and it just keeps getting better yeah. and better, and, and half the time nothing now. is happening. It's about a it's family drama, and like sometimes it'll just be an old man in his car thinking, and you're like, oh my god, what's going to happen? And like it's just a proof of like, 
I think it's just anything else. Like, it's just what it, who writes it and what did they what is their intent? Like, you know what I mean? Like, would you want to see a ten hour version of Inception? That's a two hour, three hour movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, you want to be fair. in and out, get the idea, and go home. I, I call Better Call Saul breakneck in the sense that I feel like the plots constant, like the gravity of the plot just keeps pushing it. Yeah, but you're right; it has this quiet moment. So you're you're correct. My statement of being breakneck pacing is not correct, but those shows are dense. And then, like, you're they're very filling, you know? And it's well, like, it's interesting because it's, yeah. it's a they're literally using the idea of you know where it's going, and they keep against you. With you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, which is different, but like, so, like, some of these shows, like, um, some of the Marvel ones, I just couldn't, I just got bored because I was like, I know that you had to do 10 episodes to make your quota, but like, wouldn't seven or eight have been like, yeah, like do it what it's that's, actually that's supposed fair. to be or what you feel like is good? It's like they're like, you can't go backwards, too, you know? Well, and so, like, the, the Russos and then, um, oh, who uh, was it, Scorsese? That was it, I think it's Scorsese that has his film coming out. Um, let's see here. Where was it? Um, yeah, Scorsese. He has a film on Netflix coming out that uh, it's not. It wasn't something that was drawing attention, like like for theatrical release. Mm. So he, you know, he's talking about like the way we do things, the way we think about things is very different. And it's changing. And even he, this guy, you know, who is you know master cinema, is like you, you know, this is what's going to happen. And, and that's that, I think that's accurate because if what we think of as the two hour movie or like the eighty seven minutes and you're done, which a lot of movies like you'd watch like eighty three minutes, ah, it's not an hour and a half. But let's just you know like some movies just. They're, they just, they're fast, they're great, especially a lot of early '80s, '90s stuff because that that was the way it was like for the comedies and action films. But there's there's a history here with the uh, the cinemas, and you hear you hear the phrase "grindhouse," even though it's not. And I don't know the true history of this. It's kind of not an accurate statement, but they talk about the idea that there's these film theaters that would just churn movie after movie, day after day after day, and grinding it out and trying to get as many people in the seats as possible. So some of these films would have to be like, you know, there would be an appropriate amount of time, but if they're any longer than that, they would not play them because it was denying the ability for extra tickets and extra seats to be sold. Um, and that was also the big change from um, sound from uh, silent films to sound films. Because some movie houses were like overcranking the silent films to get through them faster so they could have more showings of them. And then the moment sound came into play, they kind of got caught because they couldn't speed it up. So they're, 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 we're talking about the nature of uh, ingesting uh, entertainment based upon business needs. You know, and that's really where this came down to, right? Not that I want to go and sit in the theater and watch Abel Gaines' Napoleon, which is an eight hour film, like, you know, and just be like, I just need an eight hour movie to sit in the theater. I don't need that. But if if a movie like the next you know Avengers film is the runtime is already three hours and they're going to be forced to cut it further, then give me the whole of it. Let right. me know that it's three hours. It's you know you're going to get what you need as opposed to shaving minutes off and then maybe actually crippling part of what makes the the vision the vision, not the character but the vision of the movie. Right. Well, I feel <laughs> like they have to. You have to just like anything. They have to earn it. Like, um, there's certain directors that you just go, well, yeah. Like, I feel like it's like any, or a musician or a band, like if a band comes out with some crazy, you know, experimental album, but you love them, you're going to give them a better shot than like some guys who are like, obviously just don't know how to play. And they're just like banging on their drums (laughs) and going, no, it's experimental. We promise. Well, I even, I feel like the idea of like a double album is more approachable because that they're supposed to be like generally uh, natural breaks between songs, right? right? So I feel like that's even an easier approach versus like, no, 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 this is this is a double album, but it's a movie. You know, like so I don't know. I just I think it's an interesting discussion. I don't know if it's going to veer one way or the other where we're going to have these more experiences where they let the filmmakers actually tell these more uh 
comp, not complex is not the right way because you can still tell a really complex story in a shorter amount of time, uh, depending upon the writing and setup, like you're saying. I, I just, I think um, maybe, maybe the audience's expectation should be like, if this is the experience they're bringing me, then it shouldn't be like, oh, that's two hours. That sounds like it's right. too long. You're right. So, so uh, is there a point? I, I feel bad. I should have asked you before we started because right. we brought this up. Story, like, no, but know. like, did no. they did they have a, a conclusion of like what they thought it's going to be? Like, it's going to be more binging, or they're saying like you said, like I want to make a five hour movie, and I would like you guys all to come and sit, go Tarantino style, and be like, it's going to be an eighty millimeter. It's going to be six hours long, and I don't care if you want to see it or not. But that's what it is. That's fi- that's funny. I actively sought out the hateful eight and the the seventy millimeter presentation when it was a Valley View, right? Because I'm like, I know this is going to be a long movie, but they don't make movies like this anymore. Right. So I. Per- Purposely went on my way to watch that, and it was awesome. You know? Right, but would I do that every weekend? Probably not. Well, I mean, if it was a movie like that, yeah, absolutely. Right. But um, if it was like The Grinch, no, I wouldn't go like seek out the seventy million. It makes it more of like Grinch. an event. That's true. Like you like going to it, like concerts or something, where you're going to spend a little hundred bucks for a couple tickets between you and your loved one, and go and sit, and you have to pay for parking, you have to be there, and you're a little more involved in almost a weird way. Well, no, I think I think that's fair. I but I, I think um, what the Russos were talking about is a. They said that they're the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe is one big like it's. I mean, it's all these smaller individual stories, but it is telling. It's all pointing towards something. It's episodic TV on crack. Yeah, and they they understand that. Um, and they also said that more of like the Netflix approach. Like I've heard people talk about the Haunting of Hill House, the the uh, series that came out, which I've still not seen because I'm terrible at watching anything anymore. Uh, like talking about attention spans, I'm like, ah, it's 10 episodes. I don't know if I can do it. Everybody said it's great. Everybody's saying it's a 10 hour movie. And I'm like, that's fine. But they're also, they're, they're speaking of terms of it being like, you know, a cinematic thing as opposed to just a TV show. Right. So yeah, I think things are changing. I just don't know what the after effect that is. So Steve, do you have any additional thoughts? No, I think, I think their point really is just that it's more nebulous and like the constraint of 120 minutes is, is not the, the thing that they're focusing on as much as like telling the story as best as they can and not worrying so much about time. Um, I'm sure that they're, you know, going to cut because I can't imagine Avengers four being three hours long. I know they're going to cut that down. I don't know. Like, let's say they're saying, you know, Oh, we're going to cut it down to two twenty. That's 40 minutes of, yeah. you know, time that you got to take out of it. And on the other spectrum, uh, other end of that spectrum is there's a lot of movies that I've seen where like, 79 minutes where you're like boy we barely you know (laughs) this barely felt like a movie so yeah you know uh, i think it all just depends upon what you're doing with the story and how you're telling it we've watched a lot of stuff recently for the show that um have have been an hour and a half and i'm just like 45 minutes and i'm like nothing has happened kill me now so yes yeah solar (laughs) babies felt like it was four hours long and oh that movie Yeah, yeah that was uh yeah, anyway. Is it uh, bad that I want to actually watch that based on your guys talking about oh, it? Oh, like, you're welcome to. Watch it with your kids, and they'll just yeah. be like, what? You're like, I remember What's this? watching that when I was a kid, man. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. So, next story. We'll just, this is all kind of go, to go, get, go together. You mentioned the Netflix shows. Uh, Daredevil, see, the season three had just recently come out. Um, Netflix is like axing all of their Marvel content, though there is a commitment for Jessica Jones season three and there's more episodes of the Punisher coming. I don't know if they're going to get renewed past that point. Science point to no. Um, the, the big thing about this is uh, that the external reporting shows that Daredevil was actually one of the more popular shows on Netflix itself. So with the coming of Disney Infinity, Disney Infinity, that was their toy line, Disney Plus, 
whatever. Um, the Divinity sounds more like a media thing as opposed to a video game, but that's what it was. Disney Plus and their Marvel content coming is just more like Netflix being like, you know, it was a fun ride, but we're done now because there's no sense like having us make content that's going to make you excited for things that we're never going to be able to make and that Disney's going to put a much bigger budget behind. I mean, don't you think it's sort of coincidental that The Mandalorian has got all of the best directors working on it and then they came out with another Star Wars show and they have the Clone Wars and then you know they're making Marvel shows? Like... As soon as they said they had the Mandalorian, I was like, oh, okay, so I guess I am giving Disney my money. <laughs> I'm like, thanks. Here it all is. Bye-bye. Like, yeah. like, there's no way they're going to be able to compete. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't think they also want to dump their money into programming that is going to go right back to Disney because of the fact that, you know, like you mentioned with the Star Wars stuff, but they're also going to be doing a uh, Winter Soldier and um, uh, Falcon and Falcon show. Mm-hmm. They're going to be doing a Loki show, and Scarlet Witch series. Scarlet I just Witch. hope it's called the Loki show, like the Loki, Loki show. <laughs> oh my gosh, we, chaos <laughs> is fun. You know, like. It's like uh, the Fun House from uh, Weird from uh, UHF. Uh, yes, but Stanley Spadowski's. I literally just wanted to be a Pee Wee ripoff. Just like I, I wanted to be. Uh, I wanted to be Loki, just pranking people. Like you know. <laughs> What was the guy that? Who's the? Oh my gosh! I'm gonna sound like, like an Ashton old man. Thank you. Yeah, like, yeah. He just spends all this time actually, like they just get him dressed up as Loki to just torture that guy for the rest of his life for what he did to people. Like, I like it. That'd be great. But uh, so I my the blessing in disguise for me with all of this is that I just talked about how I've not been watching content currently. I actually kind of feel like I can take a breath and now watch the stuff and be like, oh, there's not more coming. I have a chance now because I feel like the CW shows just ran me over and now I'm like yeah. three seasons behind and they keep making more of them and i'm sure they're great it's just that i'm i'm exhausted and i was I, like oh, i'm kind of done and then i saw the pictures of uh is it batwoman they're bringing in yeah, the yeah. Thing? Oh, oh my gosh like, i, I, like, I want to watch that crossover but yeah. i just i don't know how much of it's going to be do i need to know i hope i hope i don't need to know a lot of jumping off to watch because i know these characters after a couple seasons you're right but well it's, it's interesting like, that you say that uh them canceling luke cage and iron fist is giving you the permission to be like, okay, I know there's not more coming. I have time to at least catch up on this. I was relieved, but in a different way, where I was like, okay, I don't have to watch either of those <laughs> now because they're not going to go anywhere. Oh, like, Yeah, that's true. I just um, I was really hoping they'd be like, okay, guys, this is canceled. We're giving you Heroes for Hire. That would have been like, sweet, put them together. Yeah. That would have been great. But I also, like at the same time, I just mentioned like we watch Get Shorty. And it is there is a mental thing because it's like I keep hearing about the Haunting of Hill House and like I promised my wife we'd watch it together, so I have to kind of wait for her to be like let's dig into it. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like with Get Shorty, there was no commitment because it was like we could watch the first episode, hate it, and not have to worry about it again. But we got into it, so suddenly we watched all ten episodes over a weekend. So it's that funny thing of like I haven't started Daredevil three yet, and I think that they're Daredevil season three, I should say. And I think that's probably my favorite Netflix show. Like that and Luke Cage were my favorite too, but I still haven't even uh, started season three. I haven't finished the first Punisher season. I have like two or three episodes to go. I got through. I mean, the, fir- the first episode I watched was great. <laughs> I'm so bad about it right now. Well, it's also a very dark, uh, st- somber show. Like, yeah, it's that's a fair. bit of a. Like, okay, it's another 50 minutes of Frank Castle being sad and killing people. Like, you got to be in the mindset for that, I think. Like, he orders a sandwich at the deli and they screw it up. And it's like, uh oh, uh oh. You know, what's going to happen next? Is he sad or crazy? Or both? <laughs> or both. Come on, Rick. Yeah. I just, I mean, I just hope that this is all, like, I hope Netflix is like, listen, we're going to cancel all these shows, stockpile all this money, and make a Moon Knight series. That's really what I'm hoping for. 
is we need to get Moon Knight somewhere out there being like crazy Batman. That's what I really want is a Moon Knight series right now. <laughs> I do wonder, though, like what the tone is going to be for the Disney shows, considering that like Daredevil is probably as close to an R as you're going to get for a TV show. They're not going to do that kind of thing on Disney, obviously. So, like, does that mean we're probably done with that type of content at least? And that's unfortunate because I feel like Marvel has such a wide array of stories they can tell and different ways to do it, right? Like, I just finally sat down and watched Deadpool 2, not because I was putting it off. It's just, I, mean, just, I wanted to watch it with my wife and everything. And that movie is just, it's a romp. It's awesome all the way through. And you know Disney would never make it. And right. it, But it feels true to the Marvel comics. And so, yeah, I don't know if we're going to get like anything like not that not that Disney has to cater to me, but I would like that. Like I like the Mandalorian to actually have some grit to it. Yeah. And that's that's the one show I have interest in is like, oh, crap, they're doing a Mandalorian series and they're bringing in like legitimate talent. I kind of am now interested in Disney Plus. I just I mean, I feel like the plus all Disney, they they have us hooked generationally now. So why wouldn't they want to program something for the older set? and make something not, not that they have to have like, you know, Disney plus after dark or anything, but you know, I, I, is it, is it wrong? Cause I feel like, you know, maybe the kids don't watch daredevil. That's fine. Maybe they'll watch, you know, the Loki prank show or whatever. And yeah, I mean, it would be nice if they didn't like just squish it all into one ball of like homogenized I mean, garbage. Would you sit down and be like, you know, Hey, do you guys like with your kids, like we're going to watch Spider-Man, you know, homecoming or the Punisher, like, or like real, I mean, realistically, right. I would think that people would understand there's a difference, like, you know, of, of different needs and serving different story needs. But yeah, Netflix is kind of putting the kibosh to everything. I mean, it's what they can do what they want. They're the ones that set this deal up to begin with. It's just, it's, I'm glad that I'll have a chance now to catch up and not feel like there's more just like backlog. Like Disney but, could have had the thing of like, you look at Stranger Things as a perfect example of a show that they would have done but not let them do it in the way that they did it. Does that make sense? That's fair. Like, it would have been much more Amblin, not so much more dark. Well, like, it wouldn't yeah. have been as, like, kids actually in danger, things actually, people trying to shoot kids. <laughs> like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like those, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, it would have been much more, like, spooky but not, you know what I mean? It would, everybody's fine, you know? So I wonder if they would have allowed it. Like, you have to let that stuff, like, we, almost like what we were talking about before of, like, let a creator create. And if it goes bad, just get rid of it. Like, you don't have to leave it there. There's no reason to say, like, eh, it's done, you know? Yeah. So, anyway, uh, so the Netflix experiment it, it was successful to a point, and now it's probably, you know, just... it. I think these properties, though, just because of the way the deal works, this content will stay with Netflix since it was co-produced with them. I don't think this is going to be something that these shows are going to end up on Disney+. Plus. Um I don't know if that deal works where they can't not bring those characters into their products, though. I mean, not that we need to have somber Daredevil running around in like you know a um, you know uh, Winter Soldier Falcon series, but that would be kind of badass uh, if it I'm was. Like, yes, yes, no, you know. no, we do want that. We do. Yeah, <laughs> I would. I would love to see uh, Winter Soldier fight Daredevil. I think that'd be great. You know, but. I don't know if we're going to get Jessica Jones being like a hard charging alcoholic inspecting, you know, investigating, you know, Disney hero related crimes. See, ironically, <laughs> like he's the only Daredevil is the only one. Like he's the only one that has an actor behind him, except maybe Luke Cage. The, maybe though, okay, we'll say those two are the only two that I feel like could go into the film series and retain some of their original structure and add like if they need to yuck it up slightly. I know that's the thing now to yuck it up a little bit in the movies. You gotta but have like that pressure I think he's a good enough show. actor to make it work the same way Downey Jr. is good at being very emotional and 
cracking a wise. You know what I mean? At the same yeah, time, I think, that'd have been I think he's you, got the gut. Could the you imagine tools. though if Disney was suddenly like, "Yeah, you know, they canceled Daredevil after season three. We got the rights back, so here comes a Daredevil movie starring uh, Charlie Cox, and it's going to fit into the Marvel universe." Like I would be all about people that. would that'd lose their minds. That'd be great. And I know the Russos even talked about they contemplated bringing in the Netflix characters into the Infinity because we all just saga. wanted at least a shot, like of yeah. Matt Murdock doing something in Hell's Kitchen while everybody's falling to pieces. That'd the same great. way Grant Gustin should have. They should have just brought him right in as the Flash, and then they could have brought the Green Arrow in, and they could have like canceled those shows, rolled them right into it. Like, and then if somebody, then you already have people. You could go, well, go watch the show if you want to know more. And yeah. it would have yeah. been brilliant when they just didn't have the guts. Yeah, they, that's that's true. So, all right. Um, Netflix is going to do Netflix stuff, and, and my list of things I need to watch grows ever longer. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like I, shows I've not seen. Altered Carbon. That sounds like something right up my alley. Uh, um, Lost in Space. Sounds like right up my alley. Haunting a Hill House. Definitely right up my alley. Like All these amazing things. Haven't gotten to it. Just keep so. watching Avatar over and over. Not the, <laughs> not the Blue Monkey one. The good one. The, the, the last Shyamalan Airbender. movie? Yes, uh, yeah. No. Um, yeah. So, all right. Last thing. Uh, last story here. Um, all right. So... Uh, there is a theater that opened up uh, in, uh, in in London. Uh, is it London? Like I you, believe, yes. Yeah, you said it was. Uh, uh, yeah, it says London. That's what the story says right here. You said it was uh, Leicester Le- Square. Leicester Square. I was going to say Leicester Square and say it wrong. Uh, it's maybe the, I'm ten bucks. It it's wrong, Leicester though. Square. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, maybe it's Leicester. If Square. I'm right, I win. Fish and Chips Square. Uh, so. This theater, the Odeon, uh, like I guess it's like a really famous and popular spot to go to for films. They recently did a remodel, and they have like the assigned seating and all the stuff that we're used to. However, they're now starting to do like this, like this, like a uh, theater, like a uh, concert going type of seating where you pay a premium for certain areas of the theater. And they just recently had announced um, prices for Mary Poppins Returns, uh, and they show like a little layout. And you definitely see there's a variance of up to uh, 15 pounds difference in price. So the high end is about $50 American for a seat in a theater to watch a movie um, because of its location. So they weigh you? Yes, in pounds. <laughs> that's the case. Oh, God, Every I'm movie, never I'm going done. back to the yeah. movies again. Yeah, that's like the anti-heart attack <laughs> grill. I guess I'm not allowed in here. Um, so what do you guys feel about paying a premium for location for experience? Not that much. So here's the, here's the, here's the difference between going to a movie and going to again a concert or a live event or a sporting event is whatever is happening is only going to happen that one time forever. Even if the band goes and does the same show and the Browns go play another team, they're still playing football, but something completely different is going to happen. It's a one-off. Yeah. These guys, the movie companies, want you to go to the movie. And then maybe if you're really awesome, go see it again. And then they expect you to either buy the Blu-ray if that still exists at this point, or like you know buy the digital download. So there's a extended cost, and you're gonna be able to watch it infinitely for the end of time, never changed. So yeah. the experience of going that one night, like for that much money, is not worth. Like unless there's like. It's like a six hour and there's like a documentary crew there telling you all about the movie. I don't know. I wouldn't even know what it would be outside. of You know what I mean? Like I, you wouldn't even, especially if it's a a property that you don't know. Yeah, that's fair. 
So, Steve, would you pay more to go watch a movie in the theater just because you get to sit more more closer or appropriate to the screen versus somebody else that paid less? So not the way they're doing this here. Like, I'll say, and not to the extent of not for as much as they're asking, but, like, for instance, I brought up the fact that, you know, I saw Batman, Mask of the Phantasm, and Superman in the theater this month, and those are Fathom events, and you pay a little bit more for those. So, yeah, I'll pay a little bit more for something that I know is an exclusive you know, experience to get to go see it in the theater again. But like, I'm not going to pay to choose my seat. Like you would at a rock concert or the fact that, you know, a ticket, you know, is $10. I'm not going to spend 50 on one, like just so that I can have a better seat. You know, I, I think that that's also driving people away from like theaters are having enough trouble getting people into them as it is. And they're already like, you know, the recliners, all the stuff that they're doing, you know, Crocker Park, for instance, you know, it's been completely redone. Um, you mentioned uh, not the Capitol, but uh, the Chagrin. The Chagrin, yeah. they redid the seating there. Yeah. So, like, they're making headway to try and get people back into the theaters. But if you bump up the price, because people are already, like, either downloading movies a lot, you know, when it comes to illegal downloading. So you've got to fight that. And then you've got to fight people who are just like, I don't want to go sit in a movie and then have it ruined by some idiot talking the entire time. See, that's the only thing. I feel like I would pay a little extra premium. And I've said this before. I would pay like an additional, like two or three dollars surcharge, maybe up to five with the guarantee that there's a theater bouncer that would just be like a hawk and just be like, all right, you guys, a little bit of chit chat's fine, but you guys are too much out. Like, I would pay. Alamo Draft House does that. Yeah. They're like, no. I mean, they're like, boom, you're out. Yeah. And I don't know about that Silver Spot Theater over in uh, Orange that they have the like the dining experience where you sit and have the actual like plates of food and watch the movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that works in regards to people being jerks during the theater, like the showing of the movie, but you're paying Mouth for noises. Yeah. You're paying for, <laughs> um, you're paying for a premium there because you get like the dining experience as well with the movie. And I have not done that yet. I'm sure it's, it's fine. I would just pay more. I, I guess I'm just saying like, I just pay more for the, the experience itself to be more of a guarantee that I'm going to get to get to do the thing I want to do, which is sit in a darkened room and stare forward at a screen and not talk to people as we all stare forward at a screen, projecting images that make my heart happy. That's all I want. And I feel like it's horrible that I'm saying I'd pay extra for the premium of not being annoyed. See, that's the thing, though. Also with concerts, I've been to concerts where, like, it's been partially ruined because some drunk idiot or, like, you know, uh, somebody who is, you know, uh, how do I want to put this? Uh, We'll just go. We'll leave it a drunk idiot. Like, people (laughs) can ruin shows, you know, for you, no matter what you pay for a ticket. Like, if you spend... Did you see, like, a a human centipede situation or something? No, not not quite that bad. But, like, I I know that, like, uh, like my wife back in the 20s, like, she uh, dove off the stage and everything, and, like, she got, like, groped and stuff. So stuff like that kind of thing, you know, where it's like, you know, and some guy got kicked out for licking her neck, and, like, it was... You know, I, we weren't together at the time, but and it's not really my story to tell. But the point I'm making is, is that because it's her fault. That other she got reasons. Is that how you first met? You're yeah. like, I'll catch you later. You tasted nice. Your neck tastes good. And you're like, oh, but no, like I mean, there are other factors can ruin a concert that you yeah. might pay a hundred dollars for a ticket for. So, like, if I guess if you're building in an annoyance-free, yeah, you know. Uh, 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 I can't think now. Uh, like, you guys, like a surcharge or a buffer. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I would pay yeah. for. Like the knowledge of that, you know. But other otherwise, though, the the um, the science seating, 
I like the way it is now. Like it's it's a convenience that I didn't know I I, I wanted, and now that we have it, I kind of I kind of love it. But it also it's like the, it's the Yukon Gold Rush where it's like first come first serve. You better buy the seat that you want, or you're screwed. And then you just gotta just cross your fingers that there's not an asshole already sitting in that seat, which you have the power of being this number matches that number. You have to get up, and if you don't, then I'm going to go tell management. But still, I don't want to deal with a headache. But I like. I do like the the paying for seats. At least that feels more like an experience. But I'm still also perfectly fine just going to a theater that doesn't have that seating and just, you know, first come, first serve there as well. Um, I don't know. I just think that this feels like they're trying to make something seem like a luxury, like a premium luxury. It's the same thing with, like, how airline flights have been taking convenience and charging you for it. They, they keep taking the common decency and convenience of what you had. And now they're just like, Oh no, no, if you like that, you can have it still. It's going to cost you more. Yeah. So I just, I'm hoping that there's no blowback here where they can't do this. Yeah. Uh, because I feel like if this is successful, you know, every other major theater chain is going to be like, Oh, that you can do this now. And that's unless there's be- like this yellow row, the all the way outside is just cinder blocks and like <laughs> little barrels with fire in them. And people can like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> do, 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 do. Like, like they have an obstructive view of the screen, and they're like they look. It's like, but Ma, I can see that they're enjoying the movie over there. And like, <laughs> it would be like I have a hobo pit at a movie theater. That the dark great. blue and the purple ones are literally the people that couldn't afford the yellow seats, so they have to bend over and you sit on them. <laughs> see, yeah. for me though, like at them. what I'm thinking is, is that I'd rather have like some sort of system that's in place where, like, if someone is being a jerk during the movie or making noise or whatever, that like suddenly the movie stops and like a spotlight goes on them. Oh, I would love that. And then somebody comes over and, you know, either escorts them out or everybody just starts booing at them. I would publicly shaming them. Like I like I'd like if they're like, here, listen, here's your emergency cream pie that you have. You gotta break the glass (laughs) behind the seat. Only in the case of jerks. And then there's also an immediate buck of water that you can just take take their phone and just throw it at it. Just just immediately just be like, Oh, I'm sorry, were you texting? Now you can't text anybody. You know, that, I think I told my Force Awakens story about the person who was on their phone like all the way up until the crawl, and I was like losing my mind. <laughs> it's like I've waited thirty oh, years for this movie. It. You were not going to ruin it by being on your phone. That's funny. So. Yeah. All right. So, all right. Enough about 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 news. Let's just get into let's get into the main event, uh, the Star Wars Holiday Special. And now for our feature presentation. So you guys can blame me for suggesting this as a topic because Steve was trying to come up with other uh, holiday-related things. And I'm like, well, why not? Why not the Star Wars holiday special? I feel like this is one of those things that's always been kind of like, it's, 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 a, it's a joke, right? It's, all, it's always the punchline to something. Like uh, there's that bit in the, the Word Owl video for White and Nerdy where he's meeting somebody in the back alley and he hands him a paper bag and it looks like an illicit uh, purchase and it's a, a bootleg copy of the Star Wars holiday special. Um, so I've always I've always known of this, but I've never seen it until two days ago. I somehow made it to forty without seeing the Star Wars holiday special. Um, but I feel like this is like it's a bit of a joke, and I also feel like it's kind of this um, not rite of passage isn't the thing to say about it, but it's a thing that like you, you have to see it once. So I asked Steve if we could do this, and you're like, sure, we can do it. Uh, so I guess, and I asked Jeff to punish him to have him also watch it and come on the show. Um, what are your guys' original experiences with this? And then we'll talk a little bit about the the history of it and then get into it. 
Well, before we start recording, I just asked both of you guys your respective ages to find out if you w- had viewed it. Um, but both of you are a little bit younger than me. I actually viewed it when it originally aired. And what's interesting about it is is that the things that I remembered were the things that still stand out. Like the cartoon, <laughs> the animated series, the introduction of Boba Fett. Did you like it? how that big two-minute long intro that they were like, and an animated short, <laughs> Star Wars. Like It's almost yeah. like they had to wedge it in there just to, like, at the very end. You know. um, the fact that there was a cantina scene. Um, and what's funny is, is that I had a Starlog magazine from back then forever that had B. Arthur on the cover with all the aliens. So that was always my reminder that it existed. But after I watched it, like those are the two things that I remembered. And I I couldn't find it anywhere until the <laughs> mid-90s. I was at a convention and somebody was selling bootleg copies. So my my experience with it is, is I watched it four years old. I was enamored with it, of course, because it was Star Wars. And then I bought it in like 96, 97. And then I was in college at the time. So we put it in one night and we were just all mystified by how bad it was. (laughs) (laughs) And this is not us hate casting on it, but like there, I mean, there's long sequences of it that are just Wookiees talking and it's, it's a a sit. We'll put it that way. So, um, but that was my initial experience with it, uh, both originally and then revisiting it as an adult. Yeah, so I'd heard of it, obviously, because it was just like in the mythos. And uh, a buddy of mine actually got me a copy, a bootleg on a VHS. It actually had a nice little box and everything. And uh, I'm pretty sure it was my sister and brother in law. We decided to make a whole big evening of it, which was way harder to get through than we thought because we really settled in with like food and like comfy couches and the whole bit and the big screen and we watched it i just remember at one point i think my sister caved and just was like i'm done and and did something else and i stuck it out and i just remember being like oh my god by the time you get to carrie fisher singing you're just like it's like you've been transported so hard that you don't even know why things are happening anymore (laughs) But it had all the good, like, I remember the bootleg I had had the commercials, which we discussed earlier, because even when we watched it this time, I think the thing that stuck out to me was my first, like, oh, my God, was there were, like, Wonder Woman and the Hulk will not be shown tonight. And I'm like, right away. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, they stopped Wonder Woman and the Hulk for this. <laughs> Only Star Wars can stop the power of the Hulk. Yeah, and so then I became the bearer of this thing. So I would pass it around, and at some point it left my possession and like went off on its own journey. And then somebody I know who's friends of friends of friends has this VHS. And then because of YouTube, it's awesome. You just go, and it's there. <laughs> the way you're describing it, it sounds like The Ring. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> just like, and, then, uh, and then one of the Wookiees come out of the TV, <laughs> and then you're forever scarred. Or that monkey from Outbreak. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, this aired uh, November 17th, 1978. Um, I did not realize it was a two-hour special. So, because when I first was like, oh, it's a Star Wars holiday special. What, 45 minutes? And out done. And then I went to sit down and find it on YouTube, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> like, uh, I was like, oh, this is not going to... like." And the version I saw was an hour and a half. They actually clipped the commercials out. And I'm like, all right, that's this is double what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> uh, okay, let's just do it. And so... Um, the, the set the stage though, like so the original Star Wars uh, New Hope. Um, when did what was the, the when was that released? That was seventy seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, May of seventy seven. May twenty fifth. May twenty fifth. So, so that that um that previous that following Christmas there was no Star Wars tours available. No one expected this to be a hit. Uh, no one expected the movie to be a hit. Yeah. And so there was this big like vacuum of like wanting Star Wars right. And Steve could testify to this because you were yeah. you know a stately gentleman of. 
four years old at the time, one of, <laughs> one of your Star Wars. And so the, the, we talked about this on a previous episode when we talked about the toys that made us about the Star Wars uh, part, portion of it, how they were like selling uh, like just cardboard, like, you know, basically IOUs saying their toys are coming. You could buy them now. Right. And so uh, though um, Empire uh, Strikes Back was in production it wasn't you know, there. It wasn't ready yet, and there's still there's still some time to go. So Lucas is like, "Yeah, we should do a TV special." And so the following uh, November uh, in '78, they decided to do this holiday special. And so I guess, and Jeff, you said you you kind of did a deep dive on this. His, his idea and kind of what CBS came up with, they were not on the same page, and CBS wanted to do like more of a traditional holiday variety show, and Lucas was like, "That's not what I had in mind." So, can, do, do, do from your reading of this, yeah. So it seemed like yeah. like uh, what's his name, Lippincott, who was their big advertising guy that really pushed all the Star Wars stuff. Um, it seemed like like so George. It seemed like from what I read, I just read it quick this afternoon because I was trying to you know fill my brain up. If I did it too early, it would have been gone by the time I got here. Um, <laughs> like you have your PhD in the Star Wars <laughs> yeah, holiday special. That's right. it. Yeah. Um, my dissertation. Um, but it sounded like he was actually the one that was way into the idea of them speaking. Uh, Oh gosh, the Wookiee language, uh, Kazook. <laughs> I think it's called Kazook. I think we learned from Solo. Um, but uh, he was the one. So all the stuff that you think was like, oh my gosh, this is a horrible idea. Some guy got bored. But all that weird, that George Lucas thing, where it's like, no, they're not going to talk. There's going to be no English for the first like you know twenty minutes of the show. It was all him, and then they put the whole bit in the beginning with Chewie and Han in the ship because they're like you need to start off with more of a bang like he just wanted it to be like slowly revealing <laughs> yeah. itself over time <laughs> the and, mystery box that yeah. is the holiday special and then they kept trying to add all the musical numbers and then at some point he just gave up and just walked away completely like they were <laughs> like he wasn't he wouldn't answer questions he wouldn't be there for anything he was just done with it and they just kind of went off and made this fever dream of a the fever dream is the right way to describe it so so the the, the cast uh, involved in this, and actually, I was looking at the writers. I didn't realize that um, Bruce Valanche was one of the writers as yeah. well of this, and Pat Proft, which uh, I know that name because I think he did a. Uh, oh, he worked. Well, it looks like he worked with the the, um, the, the Zucker brothers, and uh, and so I looked stuff. up the director because yeah. I was very curious. It was all like '70s musical specials. Barry Manilow. He did Aladdin on Ice. It was all of that. Whatever that thing is that sticks out to you, like a sore thumb in the show, was like his oeuvre. And I, I think you also have to keep in mind, too, that at this time, like the things that were huge on TV were all variety hours, like Carol Burnett, Donnie and Marie, uh, Sonny and Cher, although I think Sonny and Cher was earlier. But like yeah. that was kind of like where TV was. So that's was what the thing they were where coming at. If you were a uh, star of some note and yeah. you weren't quite making it in the movies anymore, you got a variety show and you would right. come out. The host, the beginning, maybe sing a song at the end, and the rest will just be whatever could sell cigarettes or whatever it was yeah. at the time. I mean, the only thing that could have made it more seventies if, is if like Charo showed up or something. <laughs> yeah, like what if like Tony Curtis just showed up? Like, just whatever. <laughs> so um, the other, so we talk about the power vacuum, not power vacuum. We talk about like the lack of Star Wars. So this we can look back on it now and see the the um, the train wreck that it really is. But this was most people's only second uh taste of star wars right right so after the first movie you know like what was it, it was in the theaters for 18 months like strong made 400 million dollars at the time all this and everyone's like we need more and it's like oh no no we got more how about this like th this this had to have been a moment where if you're a little kid i'm sure you probably love every second of it because it is star wars 
But if you're like that teenager that was like, that was the movie for you of your summer that defined your life. I just wonder what was going through your mind as you sat down to watch this TV special, you know? Well, the other thing too is, is that like, this is a complete, like when it comes to it being a special, it's the only thing that is like it's kind in the sense that I can't think of another movie where they were like, the movie came out, they're working on a sequel, let's throw a television special on with the stars of the film as their characters. Like, it would be like if a year after The Avengers came out, they're like, well, we're a ways away from the next Marvel movie. Let's do a TV special that's, you know, the Tony Stark Christmas special, and everybody's their characters. But, you know, uh, Chris Evans is, you know, only in it for two minutes. And, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's certainly of its own... I mean, it's unique they in its have own them, way. They have him on a but, view screen, and that's it. It's like, yeah. all right, I got to go Captain some America. And he just, and, like, salutes and goes yeah. away. And he's wearing too much makeup. And it's not actually Tony Stark. It's just, some, it's just an Iron Man suit with uh, no, Robert Downey Jr.'s voice, and that would be it. But that's the thing, though, is, is that you got the Harrison movies. Ford. Like, Harrison Ford being the one person you would think would never do something like this, even if, if it was 78, you would have figured he From my like, deep dive, he made it very apparent that he was not happy about any of it <laughs> to the point of like yelling. Like they said, the scene where he's in the Falcon, like he would just be like, why are we waiting? Can we just get this done? Yeah. They said Mark Hamill have, was just like to... the most affable, like, Hey, another day at work type guy. And then they were like, we told Carrie Fisher, she could sing. She was in it. She was like, she's like, as long as I can sing, I'm good. It's like, give me something to do besides stand there. And she was all, she was just game. She just seems like she's game for anything weird. She probably enjoyed the crap out of the weirdness of that thing. Just and my Ford's, voice just cracked. He's so just I'll sitting there being guys. like, I have to go be angry about doing voiceover for Blade Runner a few years. You from know now. what's really weird is he's really good in it too. Yeah. He's really Harrison yeah. Ford. He's he's all it's so much Han Except Solo. For the weird sneaking up thing at the end where he's trying to like knock the gun out of the stormtrooper's hand. Otherwise, though, it's like I the entire time it's like I could kind of feel like, man, I know he does not want to be here. He does not want to be here. But he kind of he kind of does okay with it. Like, yeah, he really <laughs> does. Like, also, you have to. I, every time Harrison Ford complains about anything, back you hear about those. I'm like, right before Star Wars, he was literally fixing somebody's doorway. And yeah. that's how George saw him. So, like, he should just be like, thanks. But this scene, so the whole movie is like, they're trying to get back to Kashyyyk for Life Day, which I don't even know if they call it that in the movie, in the show. But, um, yeah, they did. And they're they, trying they, to yeah. get back. And, when they do show up, there's the stormtrooper outside, and he literally throws. So there's, <laughs> they throws him off the balcony, assuming that a, a, an entire human being literally just dies of a broken yeah. neck. <laughs> he goes inside, and he's like, "It's okay, guys, he's gone." But the way he says he's gone is like the way like I paid the pizza guy, he's gone, and, it's, and it goes back into that, that weird music. Yeah. And then they have those shots of the, all the Wookies crying because Chewie's back, and I'm like, they just murdered somebody. Not like two seconds. There's like a grown ass man at the bottom of a tree, just yeah. bleeding out. Like later on, they go on, and it's like you know. Like what was it? He picks up the gun and like tosses it yeah. off the edge. He's like, he's like, they'll they'll be coming. And it's like, gotta hide the evidence. You know? Well, it's funny too because it's like if if there was some sort of like special going on, uh, like let's say the Brady Bunch had a uh, Christmas special, and then in the middle of it they murdered a Nazi, and then like just went right back to singing. It's like, oh, yep, yeah, that's it. You know, gotta keep on, keep it on. Whatever that song is. Bury him under the astroturf. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is, it's just an odd combination of things. Like I'll like, so you, Steve had already warned me about the, the long periods of just Wookiee talk. Yeah. And uh, so um, let, let, first let's, before we get into the strangest of 
the overall special. And I'll, and I also say that I was trying to maybe find things for this month to watch as like holiday things. Cause I'm not a big, I'm not a big Christmas guy. I just, it's not my thing. I don't know. I Thanksgiving fine. I'll eat food and pass out. And I, I guess I'll do that at Christmas too, but I'm not a big, this isn't really, I don't know. It isn't my holiday. My wife loves it. So I was like, I was trying to find things for us to sit down and watch together because I'd be like, Oh, okay, well this would be interesting. And you're like, I'll teach her. Watch yeah. this. With yeah. her. <laughs> I started to watch it. I'm just like, there's no way she'll have it. So I watched it by myself and try to get in the holiday spirit of life day. Um, Harrison Ford, Peter Mayhew, Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, Anthony Daniels, uh, was Art Carney is in this. Now we'll talk about him a little bit later. Uh, Beatrice Arthur, um, Harvey Corman three times. Uh, and then, um, you get the voice of James Earl Jones, uh, and which guess- is significant because it's the first time that they publicly admitted that he was the voice of Darth Vader. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. Uh, so yeah, it's this whole weird, like, like I understand the frame of you got the Wookiees at home and their tree hut with the seventies decor on the inside, like the swank, swank little pad, uh, waiting for Chewbacca to show up for life day. Uh, but then there's these weird ways that they try to fit in the rest of the special. That's odd to me. Like the first thing that we get is this hollow chest thing that, you know, from uh, that you saw on the Millennium Falcon where they were playing the, the, the stop motion chess in the, the first movie. Um, uh, Itchy, the, the patriarch of, of the Wookiees, turns on this thing just to distract uh, Lumpy because Lumpy's sad that his dad isn't there. Which, by the way, is Chewbacca like a deadbeat dad? Do oh, my gosh. Is Wait. he? Is he? Because he just leaves his son and wife on Kashyyyk with his, like, his dad. Right, and he's like, "All right, later, I'm gonna go be a pirate in space." So yeah. I gotta throw this nugget out. You just reminded me. Oh my, I didn't write this in my notes. Part of the backstory for Han Solo that George Lucas told these guys who were writing this is that his wife is a Wookiee. He was supposed to be married <laughs> as well to a Wookiee, but everybody was like, "I don't think that's appropriate." Somehow, like, I don't know if it's like a bestiality thing. They were like, "No," <laughs> but so they cut that out. But originally, George Lucas was like, "His wife. He was raised with these guys. He's been around them. His wife is a Wookiee, no doubt." Okay, I'll just throw that out <laughs> no, there. No, that's you to weird. Think about. But if you Chewbacca... think the kiss in Empire between Luke and Leia is weird? Wait, yeah. do you find out who Han's first wife was? <laughs> yeah, right. No, um, you know, it, I'm sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off, no, no, but that, no, no, that, no, no, that's, that's a that's a nugget you got to share with weird. the world. No, but is Chewbacca a deadbeat dad? Is he like? Because I feel like he's putting his life at risk. He's being a pirate. Like he could do a regular job, whatever that is with Kashyyyk. I don't know what that is. It'd be so awesome if Lumpy was like Kylo Ren's right hand man in the next movie. <laughs> it's just like I honestly thought of because as we were watching, I'm like, why didn't they throw Lumpy in Solo? Like just a brief shot of him or something. Yeah, like I think that would have been hilarious. I 100% thought that they were going there because in the for one of the trailers they saw where the two Wookies touch heads and you couldn't really see you where thought they it was were. Mala? I was like, <laughs> is that Mala? Are they doing this? Is this is this the reclamation of like they the, the entire the EU cannon? is not canon, but that that's canon. Wouldn't it have been hilarious if Solo actually just was a big budget version of the holiday special? <laughs> it would have been that. I see. I would watch that again. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so Chewbacca deadbeat daddy's out and about like you know pissing off the empire, but he has to get home for life day, which feels like that's the one time where it's like, hey kid, I'm I'm home. Here's half a pack of smokes, like you know. I brought you some spice. Yeah, it's basically was a bender from a uh, Breakfast Club where he's like, you know, smoke up Johnny. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, so Lumpy's being distracted by the hollow chest thing, which is this weird uh, Cirque du Soleil. I wrote in my notes, Cirque de this sucks. Is what I wrote. With this weird, like, circusy thing going on with these dancers and performers, then he makes one of them appear larger than the others. And he's just like, and it's just this weird, odd, like, gaze of this, like, 
face staring at this holographic dancing thing. And I'm like, I don't understand who thought that was a good idea. And I don't understand who's everyone's like, no, 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 no. We have to have like circus dancing going on here. It's very important because it's a variety show, but either way, that was weird. And then it was just, it just, I, I started like wondering what was going on with, uh, with life at that point. And then I noticed on the version I was watching every so often, I would pop up on my TV, on the TV. It's a, uh, TV channel seven Dayton. Nice. <laughs> so this was ripped not too far away <laughs> from when you first watched it. So someone took the time to record it that night on VHS, you know, and not the Incredible Hulk, which is probably what they thought they were recording. <laughs> um, yeah. So that happens. And then um, you find out, like, what was it? The Empire's kind of sniffing around thinking that they're going to show up. Then that's when you first meet Art Carney's character. Because uh, he's like they're using this video phone thing back and forth to talk yeah. to whatever. I'm not gonna go. I, I don't. I don't want to go point point through this. But our Carney's character, I, I, I don't. What was the appeal? I guess it was the appeal of like this is a, like a, someone that you know. They're comfortable. You know that they're somewhat comedic. I mean, our Carney was in the Honeymooners. Yeah. Um, and he was in surprise, surprise. My one of my favorite episodes, of the Twilight Zone from season two. Uh, um, Night of the Meek, which is mm-hmm. the Christmas episode, so which I had watched it the first time last year around this time. So I'm torn now that I've seen something Art Carney that makes me cry, and then I've seen him in the, <laughs> in the Star Wars Christmas special. I just it was I, I don't know why they had him there. It was a weird choice. Yeah, I'm not saying he was bad at it. I think he knew the kind of thing he was into because he leaned into it and was just as like he just you know I almost feel like there's times where he forgot his line and would just keep talking, mm-hmm. and I just and no one noticed or cared like yeah. so. I um, think he sells like you know um, backdoor Wookies out of the back of his shop. Backdoor Wookies. <laughs> like, that, that is not that is not a video special that you want to see. <laughs> so, um, so what did you guys think about them trying to fit in these different elements of uh, the one singer that because uh, uh, Art Carney came over and delivered basically the equivalent of porn to Itchy in the hollow chair? Which, by the way, they have a hollow chest thing that shows 3D images. They have a they have a chair to sit on that has a face mask thing that you watch. Well, you watch your porn in the face mask so you, <laughs> yeah. the lumpy doesn't accidentally see. Yeah, and then but then the mom is given this like thing later that's a a, uh, a projector of some sort that shows Jefferson Starship. Yeah, and then later on, it's just, everything's a view screen. <laughs> Every, so I guess that's the one thing they predicted that everything we look at now is a screen that you can watch something on. And apparently, like if you don't like your kids, you just go go put it, look, look at this iPad. Just look at it. <laughs> <laughs> look at that guy, that guy's, that's, it's basically watching YouTube videos. Like, look at that guy's flipping around. Yeah, now leave me alone. <laughs> oh. So, I don't know. Like, what did you guys think of like the over? It's just it's hard. It just feels like a bunch of ideas jammed together. Clearly, it was. So I have a very specific yeah. thought about it. Like, yeah. part of me was trying to go. Okay, so if you took all of that out, right, you probably would have a cool little thirty-five minute. Like, I'm sure you could have to change it a little bit more, but like a 35 little minute like mini adventure with your guys you love. But you add these things in and it becomes madness because even if those things, those things could be in any show, you know what I mean? Yeah. It could be, or like on some of the episodes of uh, the Muppets where you'd be like, when you're a kid, you're like, is this, is this good? Is this, this singer good? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not, this isn't Alice Cooper. Where's Alice Cooper? And, um, but I was thinking, like, if you change just the things to good things, mm-hmm. like, not Jefferson Starship, but, like, you know, <laughs> a good band and a good dancing and a good thing, like, would it make it better? Or is just the combination so bizarre and so not necessary that, like, B. Arthur's segment, her song is internal into the show, 
So you're like, it's sort of like a musical where like she breaks yeah. into song, but everybody's participating and you go, okay, I, that makes more sense than stop the movie. This person has a contract with us. Put them in there, you know? Well, that one felt weird too because the, like the, uh, the rebel, no, sorry, not the rebels, the, the stormtroopers and everybody are in the house trying to wait for Solo and um, Chewbacca to show up. And then like the view screen's like, alert, everybody has to watch this now. And it's like, and now we're showing a documentary of the cedar side, the seedier side of uh, Mos Eisley and nothing's been edited. And then it just cuts to B. Arthur working in a cantina. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, the Empire breaks in saying that there's like, you know, everybody's been like, we gotta go home. It's enforced curfew because of rebel, you know, meddling. It's like, wait, but is that the same curfew going on in the Wookiee land? Is that, wait, how, how is that affecting the thing they're watching right now? It's like, it was like this weird, like, none of this is like, it, it it's like, it's all happening at the same time, but they're watching it. So when I, just, I watched it, yeah. I had it in a tiny little screen in the corner of my computer screen because I was working on the other corner being a good boy so i was doing both at the same time having seen this before and then when they said tatooine my nerd brain spoke up i said they're not on tatooine chewbacca doesn't live on tatooine but then i realized they'd actually gone there and i have no recollection of how they got there i think so they I say think the tatooine right. system i think they tried oh, to make it okay like it maybe because it felt uh, like it felt like they were pulling some monty python just like whatever go with it yeah and well, maybe sure stronger was, writers yeah. it would have been it would have been better but it just none of it just it was so weird and and Harvey Corman being used three times in three different character pieces. Yeah. Like one, he was the Julia child with four arms being weird with the knife and whatever. thing is so weird. Yeah. It's so weird and and stupid. And then, uh, he's the guy teaching, uh, lumpy. He's in the, the how to video of how to put together whatever the, the, whatever it was, you know, I think that one's actually worse than the, uh, that one's actually worse for me, at least, than the uh, the Julia Childs thing. Yeah, because it's like it tries to make this joke of him constantly running out of power. Yeah. And it's like doing these weird little like edits and stuff, which I could see maybe being like a standalone little short film might be kind of funny, but there's no humor in it. Uh, and, and, and it then, just makes it feel longer. Yeah, and then having Lumpy the entire time just like smiling like an idiot, just trying to put stuff together. Yeah, uh, yeah, right. That's all he. That's the only look at his face. Uh, and then later on, he's he's he shows up as a patron in the bar with a hole in his head that he pours drinks into, and that's his weird thing because all you know, hey, we need an alien for this. Sure, just have him pour drinks into his head. Well, did you know the Nine Inch Nails song had like a hole? That's that was the inspiration <laughs> for it. You almost so. made me believe you for a second. <laughs> like Trent Reznor was just like, man, I need the Star Wars holiday special. Like a head had like a hole, you know. Um, no, there's the whole kind of like hole. There's the whole kind of joke of him saying, "You said six words to me," and then the the joke is that she says that to everybody. And yeah. It's like that wasn't even really a good joke. But I will say that just because of the stock footage or whatever they're using, I like seeing the Wolfman again in the cantina because I know that was something that was removed later because Lucas didn't like the Wolfman for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. I'm like, at least the Wolfman's there and part of whatever non-canon canon that is. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just it was a weird thing. Like, can uh, I nerd out for a second? You brought do. up the Wolfman. Okay, so the Wolfman. So all those cantina characters they did after the shooting, like George was like, I don't worry about this. This is not what I wanted when they were filming it, and they went back and like all the little vignettes they shot on a set and rick baker's guys made all of those that guys some sense. of them were like just stuff that had they had laying around and things like that and so like in my brain rick baker had made mala and lumpy and um grandpa but then i was seeing today that it was stan winston 
Do we know anything about my two nerds? Like, those are my heroes. So oh, I'm I know. I mean, we know. If, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do we know if it was Stan Winston or Rick Baker? Does anybody have information that could help me I, find this I out? Because I, for my whole life, assumed it was Rick Baker. And then I read just 10 minutes before I left that it was Stan Winston, who's also my childhood hero. So I was trying to find out who. No, I had always assumed that Mala was just a Chewie costume that they converted to be a female and, like, just did a different head. Yeah. But Lumpy and Itchy definitely have their own distinctive looks. Like, Lumpy's supposed to look like a little Chewie, which he does. And then Itchy, Itchy's got a really weird face, which I realize that's an odd sentence coming. Itchy looks me, like the, the, the evil gorillas in Congo. Yeah. <laughs> the Bruce like Campbell the, epic. Yeah, yeah. yeah We're going to have to talk epic. about that. Oh, my God. We got to watch that. I talk about it. Put, write that down right now. About the time I spent all the money, brought all my friends to finally show Bruce Campbell in this epic that he finally deserves and he's dead in 10 minutes and I was just like no <laughs> sorry write that down though we're, we're, we'll come back to that well yeah yeah um so yeah I don't know for sure it makes sense yeah I mean I I don't know if it's Baker or Stan Winston yeah so um like what else I have in here I, I wrote on my notes a Han solo point of his career is what I wrote as well when he was in dealing with all this stuff so what the animation portion this is where you're going to defend the, the special Steve I think yeah. this is what I don't think to... I'm defending I'm just saying that I think you're it's like... the highlight of the, sh- of the oh. show it's the thing that I would be the most positive about because I do I do really like that sure I like the fact that we get introduced to a new character we get Boba Fett obviously he doesn't um, have a New Zealand accent though no he doesn't <laughs> um, but it's got all of the characters being voiced by the original actors and there's a look to it because Nelvana would go on to do the Ewoks and droids cartoon in the um, mid-80s. So they used that design for R2 and C-3PO in the droids uh, cartoon okay. um, and their stormtroopers. But I really liked the caricatures of all those, uh, of all three of them. Like The Han Solo one just like, is so close to being mean. Yeah. Like yeah. The, the scene when they finally get rescued and like, Right before Boba Fett reveals himself, I'm like, it was almost just like, you know, you just take a take him a notch down. Just he's getting real cocky. Let's you would just just draw him a little more messed up than normal. <laughs> but there's a great little moment in that where uh, Chewie goes to say something, and you visibly see Han's hair move. Like that's a great little animation bit. Like there's some real thought and love put into that animation. But, but it's, there it's was. definitely that 70s where everything's kind of wobbly and blobby as they go yeah. along, and it's like <laughs> this is kind of like Schoolhouse Rocks, but with Star Wars characters. They were all sent off to Koreans to do all yeah. the in-betweens. They're like, no, you have to do all of it, Steve. You're like, okay. And he's like cross-hatching. I'm like, I can do it. I promise. It also made me think of like uh, the early Sesame Street, like the, the yes. one, two, three, four, five, oh like God. with the pinball, right? I don't know why. It just made me think of those but weird those so kind of- metal, though. Yeah, they are. I, but did you guys notice, like, like you talk about Han Solo being like the best part of the physical acting? His line reading in the animated portion <laughs> is the most. I don't give a shit about this right now, and you can tell in the story itself they had him hanging upside down unconscious for most of it anyway. <laughs> like, so I thought that was fine. Well, it's funny too that like uh, Mark Hamill would go on to be a great comic or a great. Uh, voice actor yeah. as well um and i still am like scratching my head why there is not like an adventures of luke skywalker cartoon and if you look at this animated thing i don't understand why they weren't like let's just make it a half hour animated special yeah we'll do like four of them for the year or whatever break the budget down and, and do that instead like i'm really surprised that nobody really had that idea i don't know if they thought that they needed to have the live action version of them you know to to keep star wars alive but you know, it could have been like your yearly frosty or you know yearly great pumpkin type type of thing. But just yeah. all Y wings. Like I, just the, <laughs> the way they rendered that Y wing is so gorgeous and detailed. And then the little thing pops off and becomes his speeder. And I'm just like, oh my god, yes. 
Yes. <laughs> and so you the, mentioned the Mandalorian, like the first shot that they show of the Mandalorian or the promo shot is uh, a Mandalorian with that gun from the weird uh, tuning fork gun yeah. that like, doesn't really shoot things, but you can smack the shit out of that dinosaur. <laughs> you, you just pull the trigger and it hits a dinosaur or whatever it is he's walking on. So that that is the high point of it for you is that bit of like how that feels more Star Wars to you and it introduces a character that is significant. Because, I mean, you got to think about that. Like, you, you, if you saw that, you're like, well, who was that guy in the helmet? And, yeah. then, and then you see Empire, and it's like, oh, shit, that's him. That had to be that one, that one great moment of connectivity of like, oh, shit's about to get real. That's the guy mm-hmm. who beat the shit out of that dinosaur, you know? Like, <laughs> that's the guy who beat up the dinosaur. I guess we're going to go see uh, Chewbacca's wife and kid now. Um, <laughs> but did you, that's another thing, too. This is a world in which, um, like they're real characters and they're fighting the empire and then Lumpy's watching an animated version of a story yeah. involving his dad and uh, the characters that he, uh, the people he knows. And he's like actively like, you know, cheering this on. And then like the, the rebel guys are like, what are you watching? He's like, Oh, nothing, nothing, nothing. And he goes back and he's like, Oh, how's it going to turn out? Will my dad live? Like, I feel like, like, <laughs> like it's, it's very meta. <laughs> well, I just, it's one of those things you just think about the way things are presented. It's Is like, it weird that I didn't even think about that? Till just now? <laughs> it's just like, again, you just go into this dream state and like something new is happening. Yeah. It's like in a dream where you're like, now I'm in Paris. Now I'm over here. Now we are riding a dinosaur. That's the way it feels to me. Like I literally didn't even think about the fact that he was watching his own dad on a TV show. Like it didn't even, and then, it didn't so, even think about it. And it was I revealed to him it. that it's like, Oh no, Boba Fett's actually a traitor. It's like, yeah. you think Lumpy would be like, Hey dad, by the way, just, uh, just take, tell Han this just real quick. That guy can't trust him. And if you see him later, you know, I know it's just, it was a weird, it's a hell of a thing. Like nothing, I hope nothing like this ever happens again because I feel like it was so. Again, it sounded like it was <laughs> such an atrocity. I hope this never happens again. Well, the weird thing is they did the Donnie and Marie show too. Have you seen yeah. the Donnie and Marie oh. Star Wars special? No. It's, it's just, it's them yeah. doing all the musical crazy bits. It's, it's bizarre. And then the Muppet one is this gorgeous hour of the most beloved thing. And Mark Hamill gets to do all of the things that we now know and love him for. And it's all there. And it's like the characters are there. And Gonzo's Darth Vader. I'm like, I don't that's wanna... the special that should be like well, that, loved. That, yeah. I don't want to diverge off of that. But what I do love about that is, is Hamill plays both himself and Luke Skywalker. They're two different people oh. in that Muppets episode. So it's it's him also in the best outfit of Luke Skywalker's ever, the Bespin outfit. So, <laughs> so I, but I'm just saying like something like this because it's like you can tell that like CBS is like, oh, we got to get these two popular music acts in here. We got to get Beatrice Arthur. Were they that big though? I mean, I it's guess Star- Starship, Starship was. Starship is a big deal. Like I, I made the joke in my notes that they should have recalled, they should have named themselves Industrial, not Industrial, um, Imperial Starship for the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I think that'd have been better because, um, you know, but I think they Apparently were big you, enough. You know, they weren't doing enough cocaine and it just never uh, occurred to them. So. Well, that was the joke that you made to me. Uh, where I was talking about on Facebook. You're like, I'm like, I have no idea what's going on with life. And you're like, but you do know what was going on when people did large amounts of cocaine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just, you say fever dream. That's the best way to describe this. Like, it feels like, like I could have woke up and been like, guys, I had a really weird dream that this happened and be like, that's the dumbest dream ever. I'm like, yeah, I know. Back to back to life, you know. Um, I'm glad I did not uh, drink at all while watching this because I think I would have been questioning myself. And I'm glad I didn't partake of any other substances. That implies like I'm doing like hard like lines of cocaine or whatever watching the Star Wars special. Or, <laughs> no, I, um, but I just it it would have it would have made me like wonder if maybe my reaction was because of something chemical versus me just being like I don't know about all of this. Someone physically had to direct this. 
and understand that this is how this whole thing gets put together. And then at the end, at the end, whenever Han and, and Chewie show up, which by the way, I want to just mention when Carrie Fisher earlier is first dealing with the family of the Wookiees, they're calling her on the call screen and they're like, and C-3PO is translating. And, and even then they're like, I don't know what, I don't know what you're saying. And then eventually they bring up just a picture and a frame of, of Chewbacca. They're like, Oh, is Chewie there? And it's like, they're like talking to like a group of like, um, mentally handicapped lassies. <laughs> It's like, oh, is Chewbacca there? Oh, is Han, Han there? Have Han come and talk to me. Oh, no, 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 no. It's fine. No, no. I know. I know that's your son. Like, that's a picture. That's not him. That was just a rehearsal. They're like, you know, we're just going to just wrap that. Let's but, but put I, that. How she's like, no, no, no. I want to keep this channel clear. Like, basically, she's did the whole, like, I got to go. There might be important Star Wars business happening soon. Like, that was, it was weird. But, uh, but yeah, I just, um, at the end, whenever the, the Wookiees all get together and pray around the table, like good Catholic Wookiees, uh, and then they walk into a void with robes on and, and, and all the Wookiees are together. That's Sing- actually what Scientology is. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're all in their robes and they're, they're Wookieeing it up. And that's when the rest of the cast comes out and that's when Carrie Fisher sings her song. I'm like, what? I have questions and I'm like, I'll never get answers. And it's like, and then the, the holiday special does not care. It's like, nope, we're just going to show you all this stuff and we're going to move on to the next thing. Like, it was so goddamn bizarre. And by the time Carrie Fisher was singing, I was so like watching. I'm like, are we done now? Can we be done now? And then was it Hamill has his little bit of like thing he says at the end, which I, man, I don't know. I'm working through this as I'm talking about it. It is, <laughs> it is a hell of a thing. Will I ever watch it again? I hope not. But if someone wants to watch it, I'll be like, let's just fire it up and do it. Cause I know Steve and I, we've taken many journeys through some, some odd bits of cinema and TV. This is right in there with it, yeah. but it, it watching it by myself without anybody to interact with while watching it was just hell on earth. <laughs> but, but again, like I, I, I find it odd. I, that keep, I keep touching Jeff's feet with my feet. <laughs> I can find things to say good about this. This is the power of Star Wars. We're like solar babies. I couldn't get through and I'm like, oh my God, this is, I, I couldn't find something good to say about solar babies, but somehow I'm still able to find something I like about the Star Wars holiday. Well, special. solar babies had like a 15 minute, like a side that was animated that was something that was of interest, maybe, you know? But, uh, yeah, I don't know. So um, does this thing deserve as much grief as it seems to have gotten over time as being... Because, I mean, think about it. Like, Lucas was mad that uh, he's like, well, this isn't what I wanted. He walked away. And then when he finally got absolute creative control with the prequels, there's goofy shit in there, too, that people are like, why are we doing this? That you could argue... It's not maybe the same level, but there's just bits that he has to put in because it's him that aren't too far afield of what was being done here. Well, that's what I'm saying. The whole, like the Wookiees are not going to, there's going to be no English speaking for the first 20 minutes of this. (laughs) It was literally supposed to be like a silent movie with (laughs) like, you know what I mean? You were supposed to just figure out what was going on and then they were going to show up and it's like, that's his brain. That's how he works. I swear. He's just, I swear he's the most punk rock human ever. Like he just likes to gaslight people. Like the whole this whole thing, this whole like su- pseudo idea of what the Last Jedi and the Force Awakens were going to be that came out with him talking about we were going to be in the Metaclorian world. He is just gaslighting people. He is just smarter than you, and he knows he can get a rise out of you by saying something that he'll never have to worry about. And I swear he's just been that way like since forever. Mm-hmm. 
right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he just, like, a lot of that stuff was made up on the fly. Like, we know about, you know, Jedi. Like, they didn't know who the other was and who, this, if it was going to be a sister, if it was going to be another person being trained. They, they had no ideas, but, like, he's really good at just being like, no, this is what I want to do and just doing it. Like, you got to kind of respect that. <laughs> so, so Steve, re- rebuttal. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so, I mean, there there are a couple of things that I just want to make mention of as we wind down. Um, you know, yes, it should have been a, a – for anyone who complained about episode one uh, raping their childhood – um, they should be sat down with a copy of this and be like, no, no, watch this. Like, it's it, it's not... It, the writing was on the wall, at least as far as, like... Star, it wasn't the first time that Star Wars had gone off into a bizarre territory. We'll put it that way. Um, also, like, uh, if either of you ever revisited or seen... I should, shouldn't even say revisit. Either of the Ewok movies? Oh, I've watched them many times. Okay. This is actually preferable to me than the Ewok movies, only because in one of the Ewok movies, they're like, well, let's just go ahead and make them talk. And that's almost weirder to me than. <laughs> so, like. Yeah, I, but then they had that teak, and he's running around all fast. And, uh, <laughs> oh, no. The second what one if is Wolf so of Brimley good. was in the Star Wars holiday right. special? Oh. Would that be better? But oh. I, I guess the point that I'm making is, is that, like, for every time somebody complains about something Star Wars, you you know, there's equal enough that should have been be like, well, right from its inception, almost there was things happening that were not what you. <laughs> but expected. it also shows the almost impossible task of creating a Star Wars thing. Yeah, like yeah. I've read a ton of the books, and like I'd say like ten of them were like, oh, that felt like Star Wars. The other ones, you're like, no, this isn't Star Wars. <laughs> this is crazy. Or in like you know the Ewok specials, like there's so much Star Wars product that you isn't does not. Feel like a, whatever that thing is that those first three movies feel like is really hard to capture for some reason. But there is, you know, particularly with the look of certain things that does feel like Star Wars. Like for instance, we get the one shot of the the uh, home of Chewbacca is a Ralph Macquarie painting, yes. which was I think originally done for Star Wars. Um, there's cut scenes from Star Wars in the actual special, the scene of Vader walking with the Imperial, that's a cut scene. Uh, as we're going into Beatrice Arthur's, you know, lair, um, there are shots from the Mos Eisley Palace. that are, yes, the Palace. Golden Palace. <laughs> that, so, like, there's certain things that do make it feel like Star Wars, at least aesthetically. It's just conceptually, I think, that where it falls apart. So, and one of the writers yeah. he, he mentioned, um, he's talking to. I, I watched a video about this, um, that Vox uh, has up about the special. And he's like, he said, uh, back then it's like you know, there was nothing, there was nothing else. He was like, so he's like, so we took some chances. He's like, and it, you know, we tried to have some fun. He's like, I feel like you can't have fun with it anymore because it's so ingrained into everybody's expectation and it's such a like a, a touchstone pop culture wise. He's like, here, he's like, we there was nothing else to build on. So yeah. I'm not saying that forgives them, but I can understand their viewpoint of like, well, why can't we have Harvey Corman be a four-armed uh, lady doing a cooking show and be weird? The weird know? thing is when you see that, if you did grow up watching all like the Ewoks cartoons and droids and all that, all those designs that they would put into those characters that were other aliens in those shows that were not the main characters all had that feel. So whatever the feel is that other people got from it, it was consistently different you know what I mean? Like, yeah. the, all those characters are consistently the same throughout all the iterations of other people's versions of Star Wars up through up to the prequels. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So, um, oh, I, I wanted to also put in my notes here at the end when they're all the Wookies are singing. They sound like Vuvuzelas. 
that sound like a soccer stadium <laughs> to me. And I'm just like, I saw like a, yeah, a bunch of angry bees were celebrating Life Day. Um, yeah, I just, man, I just couldn't. When when you said it, there was a rough watch in spots and there's things to defend, I can I could see that. Um, I just was not expecting the complete, just. Um, absurdity of it yeah like all the reaction shots of the different wookies because they all have human eyes and it's just really weird to see lumpy with like his just this human eyes and like this just just weird face and then <laughs> then mala you know the matriarch like she just that point when, when when like luke's like give me a smile and all the mask can do is open up further and he's like there you go and like, and it's like it was just so it was weird um but yeah anyway i I, I guess I could talk about just how weird this thing is the entire time, but it just watch it. It's on YouTube. Uh, it did interrupt the Incredible Hulk. I hope that's not a problem for people. Um, and Wonder Woman. Yes. Um, yeah, it's just it's. I guess it's just something to watch once, and then it, that's kind of like you know, it's it's not it's not a a um, rite of passage, but it is something I feel like if you're a Star Wars fan, like you guys both said, and you talk about, well, yeah, but what about this? It's like, no, 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 slow your roll. This existed before. And you could definitely see how the best of intentions can go horribly wrong in a lot of places. Yeah. And I, I wanted to make mention of this real quick. Cause this is the one thing that I noticed watching it last night that I never picked up on before. That the you'll f- never get the hour and a half back. <laughs> no, no. I, I knew that going in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, uh, very end when C-3PO is talking to the Wookiees, he has a line where he's like, R2 and I wish we were human so we could feel the feelings that you're having right now, but we can't, which is like the most depressing thing ever because the entire thing about C-3PO throughout the entire trilogy is, is that he's got human emotions, yeah. at least for a robot. But like here they're like, Sorry, I wish I could partake in your life day, but I don't have feelings. What if at the very end of the special, they would have, <laughs> it would have been nice, the song would have been finished, and then a, a stormtrooper just falls from uh, from the top and just hits, just hits the ground hard. And then a moment or two later, the gun just lands on top of him. That's the end of your special. How great would that have been? Like, you just finally find out what happened. The last shot of it's actually just his body laying on the ground as they pan out. Yeah. And it's like, have a happy life day, except this guy. Which, by the way, Wilhelm scream. Did you guys pick up on the Wilhelm scream? Oh, yeah. I didn't realize that. I, mean, I, I didn't know that was a thing even then, but that, yeah. that was great. So anyway, yeah. Um, I don't know, Jeff. You, have any, you took notes, and you actually researched this. So thank you for, for doing that. Any other no, notes of I hit all my I hit all my notes of okay. importance, I think. Thanks for being more prepared than us. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember That's anything anymore. My brain doesn't work, yeah. so I had to write it down. Yeah. Um, so, Steve, any any other thoughts? I mean, I know that we'll, no. no, we'll never talk about Star Wars ever again. I know. On the show. Um, no, I I just think that yeah, if if you're somebody who is, you know, complaining about where Star Wars has gone and where it's been, you could literally go back to almost its inception and be like, yeah, there have always been problem areas, <laughs> and I realize I'm among those people, so I get it. Do you celebrate Life Day? I do. Um, it's <laughs> do you walk into a ball of light and then listen to the Vuvuzelas? It's uh, right after Boxing Day. It's hard so. to get your robes back in time. You really got to get them in the cleaners like soon because everybody's trying to wash their red robes and they're just like, "Oh my gosh, I'm not going to get it back in time. I'm going to miss the orb." <laughs> You're going to miss the orb, like guys. 15 minutes. The orb's going before whether we're on it or not. All right. So all right. Uh, yeah, uh, guys. If you if you've seen the Star Wars holiday special and like to give us your thoughts, feelings. Um, Share in my traumatic 
stress of watching it for the first time, feel free to do it on our Facebook pages, Invasion of the Podcast. Uh, we have a blog. It's invasionofthepodcast.com. I recently added a new blog post for our year of the knockoff. I watched uh, 1984's, uh, it's, it's, it's Italian, so the release dates are always a little weird. Uh, Warriors of the Wasteland. Who's released in 84, so it was made in 78. Who knows? Maybe. <laughs> uh, it was the third of our films that we had seen in terms of uh, the Bronx Warriors, and then I watched Escape from the Bronx, and then Warriors of the Wasteland, which was the third of that cycle. Um, it's the best one of the three, but it's still not good. <laughs> Fred Williamson is an archer with multiple explosions that he wears on his forearm. Have you seen this movie, Jeff? I have not. Oh, okay. You're shaking your head. You're like, yes. I'm like, Fred Williamson's a badass, no matter what, how you, you cut well, he's it. He's in he, a lot of kung fu movies, isn't he? Oh, yeah. 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 But he's walking around with like a compound bow and like this future, and he has like this uh, wrist armor on with like all these little explosives on it that look like um, look like little uh, food coloring packets. Nice. And um, and he, he, you see him look at each one, considering which one he's going to use next to shoot people, and guess what each one of them do? Just blow up stuff. Like there's no, there's no difference. He hits, he hits people in the neck with it, and then their heads just go flying off. So it's like this one's head exploding. This one's head exploding as well. But you guys can read my thoughts on that. There's plenty of gifts on there because I like making the gifts of the ridiculous things that happen in those movies. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, Steve, how can people find you? Uh, you can find me at the Cantina on Kashyyyk, uh, singing uh, at uh, the local Cantina on Saturday nights. Also, uh, the Saturday Night also. Slasher.com. Uh, that's a webcomic that I do with uh, my partner, Ryan Cassandy. Uh, we're also working on right now getting an Etsy page up finally. So if you want to buy an actual physical edition, you'll be able to do that. And... Um, I'm trying to think Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, we're there as well. And Jeff, push everything that you do in life okay, in general. Okay, so uh, Fred Paints on Facebook. You can follow my art stuff if you still Facebook. Instagram, it's Fred Paints 23 because somebody stole my name, apparently. Uh, there's lots of good, fun things. Did you, I'll, did you take the 23 so that way Michael Jordan couldn't have it? Or <laughs> yeah, I was just like, yeah, sports. <laughs> um, sports ball. <laughs> Uh, the 22nd of December, I'll be at the side quest at an art pop-up thing. If you want to come buy things, my kids will have things for sale at my table as well. They make amazing art. Uh, my daughter makes stuffies. And then that night we'll be at the Christmas show at Carolyn John's yeah. doing some goodness for raising money for the food bank. Steve, you're going to be there doing that too, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I don't know if I'll be doing goodness, but I'll be there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'll be harassing people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then um, I forgot to mention if you guys could find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, wherever you find your podcast, rate and review us. That'd be greatly appreciated. Um, yeah. So um, we're going to get to our game now. Um, and I know Steve has that. So let's just get to this amazing game. It's going to be the greatest game that's ever existed. That's right. It's time to play the game. <laughs> All right, so the game that we've got today is a game of higher and lower. Um, and before I start the game here, I just want to start off with a little anecdote here. When I was a young lad, a wee little Steve King running around, uh, every year there was always a special time in my house where the life new... Life day. The, well, life day. <laughs> there was a second special day uh, where the uh, the new Christmas catalogs would come. And it was J.C. Penney's, it was Montgomery Ward, Sears, and you would go through them immediately and find toys yes. that you wanted in circle. So, like, mom knows that, like, I want this, mom. Yeah. I can't write it, so I'm going to circle it really big. And I, I was, want, like, 16. Yeah, I want this ColecoVision. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, the game is based off of prices from the 1983 Sears Christmas 
Christmas catalog. Oh. So you'll each get uh, a chance to answer. So I'm gonna add, I'm gonna tell you what the item is. And I'm gonna tell you a price, and you're gonna tell me if it's higher or lower than the price I'm giving you. Okay. All right. This is a blast from the past because of catalogs yeah. and Sears. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. Uh, ninety nine ninety nine in the Sears, uh, nineteen eighty three Christmas catalog, higher or lower? And there's none that are. You're like, that's the price. No, Maybe. no, oh, I, I, okay. that, that's what I would do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say the price is higher. I'm gonna say lower. Okay, Jeff is right. Oh, uh, actual was eighty nine ninety nine, but it was also fifty nine ninety nine after a thirty dollar rebate. So well, because that was right before the crash, the video game crash. Yeah. And so, and I know like some of the systems were pretty pricey. So that's why mm. I thought that might be, I thought you were going to try to trick me. So, well, it's interesting that you mentioned the crash because our next item here is the ET Atari cartridge uh, by Atari. Okay. So, uh, the ET game famously has been known as the game that kind of crashed the system and also was uh, mythically uh, buried out in the middle of a landfill. That's not, it's uh, true. I know they it's true. To do that. Yeah, no, that, yeah. There's that documentary that Ernest Klein's in it for no goddamn reason. <laughs> I knew you were going to bring that up. Oh, driving his goddamn DeLorean. Like, he's like, I have to go to New Mexico. Like, why? No one needs you there, Ernest Klein. It's, it's, I know it's, it's a pit. Full of references, but no one needs you there to excavate it. It's fine. Just anyway, sorry. Go ahead. That's going to be his burial where they, <laughs> they put a book saying pit full of references. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the ET Atari cartridge, $27.99, higher or lower? Higher. I'm going to go higher. Okay. The actual was $17.49. Oh. Now, what's interesting about this is every other game was $27.99. Oh. <laughs> so it was well, already like being discounted. I mean, they literally produced more than there were systems, if I remember. Yeah. Like, it was like they. I remember, also remember the guy who made the game was like, he made this kind of demo, and they're like, cool. And he's like, no, 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 it's not done yet. They're like, no, we've already made all of them. It's like, oh, well, all right then. Yeah. Uh, and that's actually one of the most interesting things about the documentary is that guy who was like, who's the best job I ever had. And like, it took him like 30 years to find something else that he liked doing. Yeah. So. I think that's how we got Nickelback too. They're like, no way. It's, <laughs> yeah. oh, it's, too late. Oh, oh. it's out now. He can't put it back in. <laughs> <laughs> well, the next one's not quite as interesting as Nickelback. It's actually far more. Um, Wait a minute, let me unpack that sentence for a second. Like, it might not be. So mathematically, that means it's more, yeah. more interesting, yeah. <laughs> higher, more or less interesting. Uh, oh my! God. <laughs> Blackstone's World of Magic Kit. Yeah, Blackstone. Twenty four ninety nine. Is that the Judge Harry Blackstone? No, no, but I'm sure it's who they based his oh, like. His comedic, his name was Harry uh, T. Stone. I yeah. don't know why I'm saying Blackstone, but there was the magician Blackstone. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what was the price? Twenty four ninety nine. Oh, see, I keep I keep messing on this. I'm going to say and the price is higher. Okay, Jeff. I'm going to go higher. Okay, you're right. It was twenty nine ninety nine, okay. which seemed really odd to me considering it's 1983 like if you told me i was gonna spend 30 dollars on a magic kit now i'd be like i'm not spending 30 dollars on a magic kit <laughs> but 30 dollars back then was like i don't know a house payment it was a lot <laughs> but also like you i think that was the time of all these specials and magicians on tv so that was basically like buying your kids out of college being like we'll give you 30 dollars of magic equipment <laughs> you get your own special boom to be fair, though, a lot of those magicians were like Doug Henning. So, do you guys remember Doug <laughs> yeah. Henning? Okay. Um, but I mean, I also think that's one of those things. This was before the internet, so kids had to do something to try to, you know, win and influence people, right? Well, so, that's fair. Yeah. All right. So, I guess I am underpaying for uh, 
Uh, I'm my just saying, Steve, kits. you should go buy a magic kit right now. <laughs> Number four. Now, this keep in mind, this is the first year, I believe, that this item was available. But the Cabbage Patch Kid, $26.99. Higher or lower? Higher. I'm going to go higher. Oddly enough, lower. It was $19.99. It was wow. just that they were so scarce that people were spending ridiculous amounts of money to get them. So that's when you have the Eddie Murphy. Uh, what was it the uh, Mr. What was his uh, Mr. Robbers Roberts? Uh, uh, it was uh, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. But yeah. his his, his uh, parody of it. Do you remember? It yeah, because uh, he had the Cabbage Patch head. Yeah, was... he had the he had the yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he had the baby doll with like a wooden spike where the head would be. He just put the cabbage on it and sell it. <laughs> yeah. So the next one here uh, is the Star Trek role playing game. And uh, this is like essentially Dungeons and Dragons, but for Star Trek. Does it come with a Spock helmet? Uh, it doesn't come with a Spock <laughs> helmet, but it, I believe it said it came with like little figures, okay. like little uh, paintable figures or whatever. Uh, Fourteen ninety nine, higher or lower? Lower, because it's Star Trek at that point. I don't know if that's really a big draw. I'll go higher just because it's different than what he said. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jeff, you'd be correct. It was twenty three ninety nine. The one time I didn't go higher, <laughs> which again s- still seems high to me because there's something coming up here that is only a dollar more that I'm like, how is that possible? Um, so the next one here, uh, this one's interesting. It's the Barbie Western Star Traveler Home on Wheels. Basically, it was like an R- RV for Barbie, <laughs> so it was huge. Uh, forty nine ninety nine. Higher or lower? Mm, I'll go higher. Uh, that's, see, that's, How much was the Millennium Falcon and all that back yeah. in the day? That was like the big thing. That, like, that seems like a so I didn't do any Star Wars specifically because we'd just done a, a large, mm. but I think the Falcon was between 20 and 25. Oh, all see, right, so I'm going to say this is higher because Barbie was in hot, you know, hot supply. This was like a playset type of thing. Okay. It was actually $39.99. Ah, clearly I didn't spend money in the 80s when I was like... <laughs> This is 83. I was yeah. five. Like, clearly, I didn't understand the you concept, didn't have a of, concept money of money back then yeah. or now. So. <laughs> For the next one here is the Cobra Hiss. Uh, and I think this was the first year that G.I. Joe was back as well. So, uh, Cobra Hiss, fourteen ninety nine, higher or lower? This is the tank, right? Yeah, it's like a, it's kind of like a tank, but it's like it's got tank treads and then like a little like thing that hangs yeah. over the front of okay. it. Yeah. You said Where the cockpit is. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say it's a little higher than that. I'll say lower again to be different. Okay, uh, you'd be correct. It was eight ninety nine, which seemed crazy <laughs> low for me to me because like yes. for GI Joe toys, they were pretty inexpensive. Like I, I remember them being more expensive than that, but clearly my memory was not what it was. Clearly, yeah, I have no concept of value. Yeah. You're gonna be like Mona Lisa, be like I don't know, like, <laughs> three dollars, three dollars. Yeah. Uh, this next one here is the Tyco Magnum. Grand Prix Championship slot car race set. Now this is a gigantic electric race awesome. car set. I want that right now. Can I buy? Is it for sure? <laughs> yeah, yes. Uh, it's fifty nine ninety nine. Higher or lower? Mm, I, you know, I'm going to go higher. Higher. higher yeah. Okay, you were right. It was seventy four ninety nine. Yeah, I'd still pay that. Yeah, but I mean, again, seventy four ninety nine in nineteen eighty three dollars is because that's that's the closest you're going to get to playing with a toy that lets you create ramps that you're not supposed to and just launch cars at people. That's true. Because that's the whole thing. It's like, oh, the racing on this is fun, but what can we do to make, kind of break it and then be sad that we broke it later? That, that, <laughs> did, you ever, did you ever have a slot car track? Right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We we had, I think, two or three of them. I, I remember the one, the last one that I think we had was the one that went up the wall. Do you remember that one? Like, it would literally, like, the track went up the wall. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we made one. Like, that was one of the things we had when I was a kid. My dad 
was into racing and so we were all into racing and stuff so we had one that was like two tables long oh, like wow. in the basement like where it's like in my mind you know it's like 100 miles long. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it was like super legit and amazing and you could like switch out the tires from foam to rubber and yeah. like switch yeah. out you your put, little like, things you put a, like a oil on the, the track or not track but you know yeah yeah i also remember the whole thing i was just like if you weren't careful and you hit those corners the wrong way that car was flying no matter what you did <laughs> i fully regret one time we were going into um what's that store called tj max and on the wall as soon as you walked in was a batman 66 slot car track and even had a cardboard little city that then it was just oh, a figure uh, eight yeah. and my son was just young enough where i was like mm, i don't know if he's really gonna care yet and i was like oh that's a thing i'll get and now i can't find it anywhere oh, and i'm like wow. yeah i want one you. now i know right <laughs> that's my Kicking favorite batmobile myself. of all time oh yeah all right so this next one here uh and again this is as we found out on the toys that made us this was not around their inception they'd already been around a long time but we're going to talk legos next the lego space galaxy commander set uh for 1983 26.99 higher or lower 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 uh, you'd be wrong. It's forty two ninety nine, proving to you that Lego has well, always been expensive. But I, that's the thing that confuses me because I had I had a box of Legos as a kid. We were poor. Like I'm talking like Steve Martin, the jerk poor, not that poor, but pretty close. Like if I could have a box of Legos, that that means they had to have been somewhat approachable. Maybe it wasn't because of a set. Maybe it was like the seconds. Maybe it was like the weird shape Legos that I got. Yeah, I didn't even know. Um, <laughs> you got all the I, you got Legos parts. with two G's. <laughs> yeah, I got the Legos. Yeah, I got them, and I had a whole pile of Lincoln Logs that you'd be like, "I'm gonna build a cabin and then just smash it." <laughs> I was a constructs guy. Does, did you guys have constructs? I had no Legos growing up. I was all constructs. Like I would build. I remember going to see Batman when I was like eight, coming home and immediately building all of the vehicles. Like it was better because you could put action figures in there. Nice. I'm still not big <laughs> yeah, into you Legos. Could, you could put action figures in a, like a Lincoln Lock cabin, but that's really, <laughs> like, really like, all right. Come on, Darth Vader, let us camp. <laughs> Hot dog. Hot dog. <laughs> I just like the idea of just him being like, I will control this land until it's in it. Will be- <laughs> I like the idea of it being like Darth Vader and Cobra Commander, like trying to eat hot dogs, but they can't of- because. Because <laughs> they both have the best. That would be great. All right. Uh, the next one here is Super Mr. Potato Head, which, to give you an idea, Super was just literally like he came with extra like things, like extra pipes and stuff oh. uh, that you could put on his face. Uh, $7.99, higher or lower? Lower, I'll do lower. Yeah, that's correct. Five ninety nine. Okay, that yeah. that's about that's about the level. That's the ceiling on a potato head and yeah. accessories. <laughs> uh, for the next one here, uh, I don't know if you remember back in the eighties, but uh, particularly the beginning of the eighties, there was a show called The Dukes of Hazard that was pretty popular. Yeah, whatever uh, happened to that? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you could get uh, both Duke Boy figures, Luke and Bo Duke, and the General Lee. <sighs> I wanted that so bad. You're like you're hurting me right now. Go ahead, continue. <laughs> Thir- uh, Thirteen ninety nine, higher or lower, for two figures and the car. Was the car plastic or yeah, like? Yeah, it was the plastic because the they had to fit the figures in it. Um, the figures uh, were about a Star Wars figures. I'm gonna size. say higher. Yeah, higher, but not by much. This is the thing that's crazy about this. I don't know if like they were clearancing it out or whatever in this catalog. Five ninety nine is oh. what they had listed. So maybe it was an error at the time. I don't know. It seemed really huh. crazy low to me as well. Um, we were like, this is sort of racist. Let's just <laughs> let's just get ahead of this one, so history will look upon us well. It, it was it was actually Coy and Vance that were in the car, not <laughs> Bo and Luke. 
<laughs> I'm impressed that you know Koi in Vance. That's impressive. Um, next one here is a 20-inch unicycle with padded U-seat. $24.99, higher or lower? Uh, that's a hipster starter kit, isn't it? <laughs> it um, is. Well, that's an actual like vehicle type thing to vehicle. ride around. I mean, it's not, like, it's not like a toy, like a small. It's an actual. Right. I'm gonna say higher. I'm gonna say lower, just again to be different. Because like it's one different. wheel. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, you're right. It's forty four ninety nine. Oh man. Which again, I think if I had forty five dollars in nineteen eighty three, I'd find a better use for it than. Yeah, you buy the magic kit and I, the unicycle. I literally was just gonna say that. <laughs> I mean, you're big, making bank. Star Wars Holiday Special two. You're like right in there. Yeah. B. Arthur's. I mean, I mean, you just crushed it. <laughs> Alrighty. So uh, next one here is the Fisher Price cassette recorder player with cassette. Twenty-seven ninety-nine, higher or lower? Lower. Yeah, lower. Okay. Uh, you'd be wrong. It was forty-nine ninety-nine. I'm sorry, forty-one ninety-nine. Well, I mean, it did have a microphone that you could hold up to another radio to record a song that you liked. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> um, the next one here, and and. Jeff will probably be with me on this one. Um, when I was a kid, anytime there was like a Crayola set that was like, oh, it comes with markers and it comes with, you know, paints and it's got its own little caddy and everything. Yeah. Um, like that would be the thing that I would want. And then my mom would be like, it's crayons. You're going to get a box and, you know, maybe you'd get 48 the or whatever. sharpener's in the back of the box. Right. <laughs> so this one here is the Crayola Art Caddy. $14.99. Higher or lower? Mm. Higher. Yeah, I'm gonna go lower. Alrighty, uh, it's actually 11.99, so oh. you're li- right. But I just always remember my mom being like, "That's a little expensive for you know that back then." So, um, but that led to you doing the science slasher. So that's I think right. that's a return <laughs> and on investment. it's paying off. In- and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do well, that in crayons, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, got, um, I got the Fisher Price radio with a cassette player, and all I did was talk for hours and listen to myself. And I was like, "Way to go, five-year-old Paul! You made some you know, salient points there on the t- about watching TV and not shitting yourself today." <laughs> the next one is a uh... <laughs> five-year-old Paul. I kind of think the Duke boys are racist. Does anybody else think this is racist? I mean, like they lost the war, lose the flag. It's fine. <laughs> I mail the tape out to people to like, to like my game game or whatever. Yeah. It's your demo. <laughs> yeah, it's <my> demo. <laughs> uh, this next one here is another toys that made us uh, call back. Castle Grayskull, $32.99. More, higher, higher. I'm going to do higher. Okay. This is what's crazy. $24.99. Oh, man, I, Only I'll, a dollar more than that role-playing Star Trek game. Like, how is that possible? I like that you have, like, a personal, like, <laughs> grievance with the Star Trek game. I like Star Trek just fine, but, like, $23.99 for a Star Trek role-playing game back then just seemed high to me. So what year was this? 83. 83. This is, I think, oh, also believe, see, Master's is... first year. Or yeah. 82 might have been. It was, like, right on the cusp of... So... It was really just one big, giant... Piece, right? It wasn't like too it, it, it folded. Opened up. It, it, yeah, it fold open. I had, had the like, castle microphone thing, right? Well, that's Snake Mountain. Oh, that's Snake Mountain. That's yeah, the one yeah, I had. Yeah. That thing was awesome. <laughs> so I don't know. Just twenty four ninety nine seemed high or low to me. So <laughs> do you remember the toys that made this? When the guy was talking about uh, was it Snake Mountain or whatever it was, he was yeah. like, "They're like the figures don't fit through the front." He's like, "I don't care. Like <laughs> put, <laughs> them <in> <laughs> put them in sideways. <laughs> just shove them in there." Yeah. Uh, so we only got a couple more left to go. Um, next one here is the Etch a Sketch, four ninety nine. Higher. 
lower. Okay. Uh, it's actually 688. <laughs> so You're like playing price, price is right rules now. You're like, it's a dollar more. <laughs> yeah. You guys are dumb. But uh, <laughs> I lost by a dollar. I would have thought an etch a sketch would have been ten back then, but that's just me. Um, how about because they knew how long people would use it for? Yeah, I guess that's fair because everybody had an etch sketch, <laughs> everyone would just like go, like with the knobs and make the little shape, and then they'd shake it up or they'd try to spell their name or spell a swear word, and that would be it. And that would just be in the corner with the rest of stuff. I just or like the just idea me? of <laughs> kids writing swear words with their etch a sketch because I never was that clever, apparently. Parents are coming. What are you writing over there? I'm writing fun. Yeah, but <laughs> what I'm not having by writing it. <laughs> uh, the next one here, I don't even know if you guys will remember this. Maybe you will. Uh, do you remember Glowworms? Yeah. Oh okay. yeah, I had sisters, man. Okay, uh, Glowworm, twelve ninety nine, higher or lower? <sighs> lower. I'll say it, lower. It's plastic with electronics in it, though. <laughs> yeah. So it was nine ninety nine. So oh, okay. I, I thought are those things be... toxic, or is there anything weird come out about them? I feel like that is a thing, like a yeah, glowing. It didn't, it didn't glow because of the light. That's, yeah. <laughs> Turns out they stole your soul. Um, yeah. This next one here is definitely going back to a holiday classic uh, with the uh, BB gun. So the Daisy Model four ninety nine BB gun, which I don't know what the Model four ninety nine means, but that's what was listed. Oh, there. that had a longer barrel. Than, yeah. uh, oh, did it? No. Oh. No okay. idea. <laughs> Uh, and it came with 500 BBs, 44.99, higher or lower. I mean, with the adjacent hospital bills that are attached to it because yes. of all the eye loss. Um, what was the price you said? 44.99. Let's say higher, higher because it's an actual BB gun. Oddly enough, 39.99. Oh, okay. Well, that's yeah. that's a good message. <laughs> and it was NRA approved. I left that part out. But. Oh. Uh, two more. Uh, Pepsi bottle radio. This was a radio that looked like a Pepsi bottle. Uh, no, nothing more than that. Five ninety nine. Higher because it's Pepsi branding. I'll say lower. Higher is correct. It was eight ninety nine, which again seems high to me. But what do I know? All right, the last one here I saved a big item for. This was something that if you circled it in the catalog, your mom would be like, what the hell is wrong with yeah, you? Yeah, wait, your whole premise is that these are things that you circled that you wanted. So you yeah. circled the, the radio? That no, you- not that I wanted, just that they were things that were Available that you would want. You like, listen, listen, I slipped it in the glowworm there, just on the off chance it's on a, it's on a list. <laughs> Never got it, but if it shows up. To be fair, I could have you know thrown in things like wrenches and things like that, you know. Um but uh, this last one here is a 25-inch color console TV with a handy three-button remote. All right, $499.99. Higher or lower? I'm going to say higher. I'm going to say lower. Higher is right, $549.99. I mean, it's 25-inch, though. That's pretty big. You know, is that... Is that one of the floor model ones? I'm, yeah, but I'm pretty sure this is close to 25 inches. <laughs> I mean, that might, yeah, but I mean, it, does, it doesn't have a three-button remote on the monitor. That's fair. He was talking about the monitor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is an audio program, gentlemen. Let's not leave so much up to the imagination, okay? Oh, I mean, you know, yeah. And yeah. that brings us to an end of Higher or Lower. I hope right. you all know more about the 1983 Sears catalog. If you want the entire things online, you can go find it now. Can you, I mean, you could probably still order things from it. It may not show up, but you can still order. Well, it's funny because when we when I got done, I spent two hours looking at this catalog, and like you, I got done, and I was like, because my wife was like, "What do you want for Christmas?" So like, can I actually order things from this? I was hoping that maybe you printed out pages of it and circled things and just left them near, <laughs> like, like 
like you're on your table in the morning so your wife would find it while she's eating breakfast you're like oh because that's what kids would do just be like oh here you go like oh i i wasn't subtle about it at all i would circle them and then go hand it to my mom like it was an order here you go Uh, did that work for you did you know i mean i got a lot of things that i wanted but like you know, I was always the kid who was like afraid that my mom wouldn't know what I was talking about. Like, you know, like I I don't know what a he man is, Steve. What is a he man? And then I have to be like, here, look, look, he's he's in a barbarian guy, and there's lasers, and there's swords, and and then this guy's a skeleton. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, I got you the the, the man man. I didn't I had the wrong one. No. <laughs> that, that's actually what I was going to describe the Star Wars holiday special as is if you said, "Hey, I want Star Wars for Christmas." And then like your aunt was like, "Well, this looks like a Star Wars." Like, no, that's not right at all. So, all right, that's going to do it uh, for this episode. Jeff, thank you again for coming on the show. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah. And thank you for coming on and enduring another one of my games. I think every time you come on, I'm doing the game, so it's usually long. I yeah. swear next time I'll come up with one, but <laughs> I try, but then I was so busy that I was like, this is actually like homework. You guys work too hard. Yeah, I mean, you know, we we try to make it look as as effortless as possible. What did yeah. you do last night? I spent three hours looking for the season catalog from 1983. <laughs> like I like I like to use this as an excuse. You're like, oh, I have to work on this game. <laughs> you're like, oh, I want that. No, so uh, so next week uh, we're going to be watching another holiday classic. This one actually is a classic. Uh, it is what year did it come out? Uh, 1988. 88. Uh, it is the Bill Murray. I thought this was another game. I'm like, let me guess. Higher or lower? <laughs> uh, we're going to be watching Scrooged, uh, his oh. his uh, you know his comedy dramedy you know Christmas Carol film that I think uh, actually holds up better over time than like because I don't know it's it's a good movie. We're going to talk about it. Yeah, uh, so good. I would say that uh, if if it's not my favorite, it's easily top three. So I'm looking forward to watching it because i watch it every year but i'm i'm looking forward to having a discussion about it yeah so that, that'll be next week so uh until then I, I guess uh i don't know have a good week um do or do not watch the star wars holiday special i don't know do it yeah yeah everybody has to once it's like paul said a rite of passage
say he will come back again someday. Yes, sir.